0: 11 o'clock comics, episode
1: 259.
0: <laughs> Yow, you almost blew my eardrums out, David. I'm sorry. What's with that? Very strong. Did you tell the peeps about the live tweets?
2: Uh, actually, one person. Jay Riston is the only person. He did an early one, like, like almost an hour ago, 45 minutes ago.
0: Wow, he wants to get in.
2: Are you less likely to purchase or enjoy a creator's work based on personal slash online interaction? Well, haven't we, uh, we we've talked about that before? Yeah, yeah. we
0: a Variation <laughs> of that, yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. I, I, my initial inclination is always to say no to that, but then
2: there are certainly examples. They kind of... It on the interaction. Yeah, yeah. If he's yeah. gonna turn
0: around
2: and call my grandmother a whore,
3: then yeah, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, without I actually. Mean, mans- oh, because of a specific event though, that's <laughs> happened this week. What happened this week? What I miss. Uh, didn't, didn't our boy Remender have some run-ins to this
2: week? Oh, yes. see, I didn't. I I meant to read that issue for tonight. Yeah, you I guess. To the issue. issue what right? stand it it, 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 it it. I don't know. Blowing Alex Summers' speech. I didn't, I didn't read the issues, so I don't. Uh,
3: all right. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I just know that there's a lot of consternation about. Yes. The. I, I don't even know. I, I'm, I'm probably. I'm too misinformed on this to even speak to it. But I, I know. I just know because. I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Rick's. That uh, he was getting a lot of grief this week about his comic, and and I guess maybe one too many haters were on the internets, and it caused Rick to no I can act to something but i should have probably researched this but before i said anything that's okay <laughs>
2: well, yeah right it's, well you know we'll just we'll pretend like we're you know the old days
0: yep <laughs> see how he is unbelievable Dude,
3: google isn't working
0: google's not working i was having trouble with the spreadsheet today
3: yeah well no you know it's weird when i'm typing in google it's bringing up uh it's it's loading as HTTPS instead of HTTP. I wonder if there's a hack.
2: Ooh, that's
3: scary. If somebody shit. hacked Google. That would be a heck of a triumph, huh?
0: That'd be massive. Wow! Look at that.
3: Yahoo loads. You guys
0: in a good mood tonight or what? I am. I'm 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 eager to get into this tonight because David and I are going to tag team. Really? Yes, we set this up like early last week. It was carefully planned.
2: Late last week carefully. planned. Carefully came, plan it so early last week we didn't do it last. He
0: week. came to me and he said, "You know what? I really want to get down with my boo to 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 do, <laughs> do, do do something with the number one guy I love most in the world." And I said, "David, I'm here for you. Let's do it. Let let's let's read the same thing for this week." Nice. Yep. And, and what What show were we on?
2: <laughs> he was behind
0: the scenes. It was actually on the Twitter. Everything happens on the Twitter. Nice.
2: I've been talking with you guys a lot on TV.
0: I talked a lot with with uh, Jason today.
2: Yeah, you
3: did. Yeah, he was around for me for a change.
2: Yeah, boy.
3: Look
0: oh. at you. Nap.
3: That's because I'm getting all nostalgic and giddy to see you guys. I know We're it. Hard.
0: All right. What time is it? It's a. What is this? It's eleven o'clock. Comics episode two hundred and fifty nine, and I'm Vince B.
2: You are Vince B. And uh, I will pick up. Where our, our, our fallen buddy right now isn't here. I'm David Price.
3: Yes, you are, and I'm Captain Caveman.
0: <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, you're not. A very, very bad cartoon. You uh, What? Kidding. You not not <laughs> Dude, not the best cartoon out there. Kidding. You are Jason Wood, everybody. And I know a good way to get everybody animated to save more money on your comic books. You can go, come on, that was a good one. You can go to discount comic book service, dcbservice.com to get 35 to 75% off your favorite funny books and collectibles each and every stinking month. They have spotlighted specials, which I don't know because the list hasn't come up yet, but I'm sure they're going to be massively discounted. Uh, they wrap them up all safe and secure, ship them right to your house. You don't even have to leave the couch. It is the most awesome thing you'll ever encounter. Points of interest. You can now get your previews digitally. Save a tree. Look at it on your iPad your Android or whatever mobile device you got. And it's only a dollar and change. It's unbelievably cheap. And you don't have to wait for it to be shipped to you. You can get it instantly, as soon as it's out there. Two... You can save an extra 8% if you're a first-time customer. David, tell them what the, the little code is that they need to uh, reap this extra 8% reward.
2: That, that little code they need to reap this extra 8% reward is EOC8.
0: EOC 8 gets you an extra 8. This is only if you're a first-time customer. you got to be a greenie, which is okay. Everybody starts somewhere, right? But if it's your very first time, they reward you. They give you a bonus. Say, hey, thanks a lot for coming in. They we are bone. the best. Mm. They're awesome. And as Jason alluded not too long ago, we are giddy about the upcoming C2E2. It is the best comic convention ever of the year bar none and we're gonna be there where's it gonna be well it's at the West Building at McCormick Place in good old Chicago Illinois on April 26 to the 28th that's not too far away people uh, comic guests include that Brian Azzarello guy, Kieran Gillen, Paul Cornell, Amanda Connor, Andy Diggle, Chris Burnham, woo, Brian Wood, Jason's cousin, Jim McCann, Good. John Lehman, Mike Norton, who's freaking everywhere, Tony Moore, uh, Rick Remender, we just talked about him, and if the comic book people aren't enough for you, you get entertainment, folks, like wrestlers Diamond Dallas Page and Jake the Snake Roberts. What members of the Walking Dead cast? Adam West is going to be there. Brian Posehn, Julie Newmar, unbelievable. And Lou Ferrigno probably, but we don't know for sure. Uh, don't get left out. Get your tickets in advance. A three-day pass is only fifty-five bucks if you pre-order. If you wait, you have to pay sixty-five at the door. So you save 10 bucks and you guarantee yourself access. Don't be silly. Do it now. C2E2.com. You can get them there and check out all the bidness that's going on. Look at the Artist Alley list. There's a massive amount of people. Remember, April 26th through the 28th in Chicago at the West Building, McCormick Place. Come see us, if nothing else.
3: And We will be rolling out. deep.
0: We, well, yeah, whatever that means, we will.
3: Well, all, we'll all be there. We'll have our crew all there, hanging yeah, out. True. We'll have tons of EOC listeners and forum members there. Yep. It's going to be fan All of that,
0: and we'll be autographing boobies if you got them.
3: And if Vince well, ever decides <laughs> to send me a PDF, <laughs> we will have a <laughs> signage. <right? laughs> niceness,
0: dude. I'm I. I could do it in like no time flat. I need a size. Dude, I, I know you said size. you. But you said kind of six feet. Maybe six feet. Dude,
3: every con is different. All I can go by is what the con organizer tells Ron, which is that the table's roughly six feet wide. Uh, right. But it's not the it's not the
0: table size we're worried about. It's what this dude can print that we're worried
3: about. Dude, it's my boy. He can print whatever we need.
0: Alright, you're getting a six by th- a three by six.
3: What, is that long gonna be long enough? You just said six foot for the table. Well it's six foot wide, but I'm saying like yeah. how would we how would we attach it to the table? Duct
2: tape. <laughs> <laughs> Duct tape. Because that's great class. That will look good. That would look good. Make sure it's it hot.
0: It would, yes. Yeah. Hey, I'm from Pennsylvania. Well, Duct mean, tape is a food group. How do you attach these things to a table? It uh, depends on if there's eyelets. If there's there's eyelets on it, then you put a rope and you kind of drape it somewhere. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll do it up.
3: Uh, we'll do it up. All right. All right. I was... I, I, you, Forgive me for this one time thinking that you would take the bull and run with it. To, to because I usually, cause I
0: usually do, you know yeah. what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs>
2: Dap, what are we going to do with this guy? How are we getting there? Yeah, I know. I know.
0: I didn't get the car yet either. You're going to yeah. love me. That's what you get. I didn't get it till like two weeks before last year either. Two weeks? I wish. What, was it later than that?
2: Two hours? No, it was, I don't remember. It was, yeah, it was. It was well. Yeah, we we had everything. I mean, it was. I'm gonna try they... and
0: get that same car because that was awesome oh. on gas.
2: <laughs> no, it's awesome on well, gas, but not comfy for three grown ass men.
3: No, no, no. We I'm not worried about you, the back
0: seat because I'll be know, in the front the whole the ride. You know what whatever. I'm
3: saying? <laughs> what that car you no. rented cost per day. I'll pay the difference. The elemental.
0: What do you want me to get?
3: Comfortable. Comfortable. What? Well, Civic is vehicle. comfortable. Pathfinder no. hybrid. Do like an SUV or something.
0: What? Yeah. What? What?
3: Dude, I spend- need all What's the matter- massive amounts of of artwork. I'm bringing back with me. Yeah, that's true. There's a chunk. There. Uh, dude, can I get the car? No.
2: <laughs> you can drive it. You that was such it. a rugby move. Uh, can I get? <laughs> <laughs> Do me a solid
0: <laughs> and get the car.
3: <laughs> uh,
0: Mercy. uh speaking of uh regular show can you not wait for that comic to come out i'm so curious i oh, really kidding yeah i really I, kidding. I hope they hit it out like they did adventure time
3: yeah you know what I'm about though hmm. the 100th episode got yeah. recorded over on our dvr
0: <gasps> how does that
3: happen because they had like a marathon and yeah. of just, oh. it, we only keep five episodes and so it deleted it so i haven't seen it
2: shit i gotta run downstairs and make sure it's still on ours
3: but I can, as my as my boys reminded me tonight, I can watch it on my iPad.
2: Yes, you can, Cartoon Network app.
3: Yeah. Look
0: at you all technologically advanced.
3: So for those wondering, uh, Chris will be with us, I think, right? Yeah. That is so the plan. Chris had a He's... little bit of a, he and Marta finally uh, had to say goodbye to their 1971 Dodge Dart and uh, are procuring a new vehicle. And it's running a little later than than planned, so. so I thought it was a gremlin. But in, in honor of Chris, uh, I uh, I will ask David what, what he's drinking.
2: I am drinking, this is for Vince, it is from South Africa, Two Oceans. It is a blend of Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon.
0: Oh, French all over the place. Oh. <laughs> like Gomez Adams. 60% like.
2: Cabernet Sauvignon, 40% Merlot. Wow. It's not bad.
0: No, it sounds good.
2: That's nice. Yep. Vincent.
0: Peppin
3: Mac. Ooh, nice. Well, I am <laughs> drinking tonight something with very good mouthfeel. Uh, it's made by one of my, my favorite craft brewers. Uh, it's uh, it's called Dr. Pepper, and it's uh, the diet version. It's excellent. It's got a great head on it. <laughs> mm. It's so- uh, just the right amount of alcohol, a little hoppy.
0: Dr. Pepper's from a craft brewery. You know, Chris would probably stroke if you said that while he was there. <laughs> no, that's why I'm saying it without a beer. <laughs> <laughs> so what you um, all reading? Well, I have a thank you. Do uh, you? Yes, one of Jason's favorite people sent me something. Who this is? Mr. Whitehead. Whitehead Customs well, sent now me. What is <laughs> well,
3: well, he,
1: uh,
0: he's He's awesome. Um, we were on the Twitter, and he asked me to identify a toy for him. Oh, and crazy. I couldn't be specific because it was a bootleg. And there are so many of those things. But it was uh, I, I, it was a Masters of the Universe bootleg. And uh, I, I narrowed it down to the company that produced it, but I couldn't find the actual name of the figure. And he's like, you know what? Why don't you just take it? Let me send it to you. And I was like, dude, no, you don't have to do that. And he's like, no, 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 I insist. And he sent it to me, and it's awesome. And uh, because I love not only toys, but I love the fringe, the bootleg toys, the w- really weird and wacky things that don't fit in anywhere, kind of like me. Uh, so he sent it to me, and it's right here on my shelf, and I love it to death. And it's a devil of all things. How how more appropriate can you get?
3: Very nice.
0: I'm saying. So, Mr. Whitehead, thank you very much, buddy. You are awesome.
3: Yeah, Michael and I are bo- You know what? I think Michael and I became buddies after you stopped playing voicemails.
0: Not going to happen.
3: I'm saying you for 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 uh, there's actually god think about it there's probably a lot of our listeners don't even know that we had a time where we played voicemails on a regular basis.
0: I know. It was a thing.
3: It was It a was thing. a thing. We Damn. had the Ill Pickle Special which was just voicemails. I know.
0: Well, you know, see David dropped the ball. No, um, kind of didn't, but okay. <laughs> he kind of didn't like in the third person. We'll, we'll roll no, roll. David down. did not drop the said ball. Nice. All uh, right. right. Um, so, what are we reading you said?
3: Yeah, what are we reading?
0: Well, you guys
3: have a tag team, do you not? We
0: do. We have. We have. Actually, we have a three-item tag team. I don't what? know. If, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get to to I every was one. On that, uh, I, I, <laughs> ask David. He set it up. Wow. Um So, uh, it's it's uh, it's springtime, and, and I believe springtime is a time for second chances. I'm big on second chances, especially when it comes to comics. And comic companies. I've, I've gone back to the Marvel well a number of times and lately, as in the past year or so, I've been really dropping the duke on this company because I think the majority of their stuff is not all that great. Um, so I tried them again, mainly because I have a really strong interest in the pulp characters from, from the, the golden age of the, the pulps. And um, they have a lot of them currently in their stable. Um, I'm talking about Dynamite. I, I gave Dynamite another chance only because someone whose work I love is currently writing The Shadow, a character I really dig. And that dude is Mr. Matt Wagner. As David will tell you, he's awesome. He is awesome. So I decided what the heck, let's try the shadow out, right? And and knowing David's love for Matt Wagner, I brought him in. I pulled him in and I said, David, let's read the shadow. Year one, number one. And we did. It was nice. writ- what do you guys think? It was written by Mr. Matt Wagner. Art by Wilfredo Torres. Colors by Brennan Wagner, which I'm assuming is Matt's wife, yes? Wait, who? Brennan Wagner. I or could know. it be Matt's son? Brennan's could be a boy's name too, right? B R E. Sounds like a uh, like a,
2: a
3: boy's name. But, but
0: maybe it's his son, and um, we have to find this out. And uh, letters by Rob Steen. There are four covers. One by Matt Wagner, Alex Ross, Chris Somney, and good old Howie Shaken. And those are big guns, right?
2: Yeah, I was I was nice. Uh, I was happy to see. The the shaken cover only because it's a nice little nod. It's good, but as it is no no no. But I'm just because of his relationship with with the character,
0: right? Because uh, shaken did the prestige format uh, Shadow. And Brennan
3: is the son of Matt Wagner. Nice, there you go. There you
0: go. Um, we did it together. Uh, no, nah, I prestige format. He did the original Shadow mini series in the 80s for dc which did not lead to a prestige i was thinking of blackhawk it was just a regular format what was it that mando paper baxter paper
2: no didn't he he did i believe he did the mini because the 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 ongoing was um right
0: was baker baker and and uh and then sienkiewicz and yeah right um, so we read the Shadow Year Number One, and David, do you want me to synopsis uh, drop a synopsis of the first issue? Yes, it's pretty cool, actually. Not a whole lot to chew on. It's it's not. It's basically a a, a setup issue. Uh, it begins in Cambodia, 1929, mm-hmm. which, if you know your 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 history of the fictional character of the Shadow, is a year. Before the actual character made its debut on something called a detective story hour radio show, so uh, Wagner's going, he's he's going out of the 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 real and into this fictional thing a year before. So uh, Lamont Cranston, who we know is uh, that man that knows what evil lurks in the heart of man, he's over in Cambodia, and he lays waste to this entire village, just raises the thing to the ground, shoots. He's got a, like a, a machete in one hand and a, and a, uh, handgun in the other, uh, and he just runs right through this, this little village, just killing everyone he deems, uh, or he judges, uh, to be corrupt. And, uh, he does it solely to get his hands on this, this warlord, Kaipang, because he has a mysterious guest, uh, a westerner known only as the White Tiger. And, uh, the shadow would have words with him. So, uh, the, the, one of the remaining living, uh, members of this, this village, the shadow does his little hoodoo with the, the blood red ring. And he extracts information from this guy who tells him that the, uh, the white tiger has fled across the ocean to the states. So, uh, the wealthy adventurer follows him and arrives in New York City smack dab uh, in the wake of Black Tuesday, which we all know was the infamous stock market crash of uh, 29. In this issue, we're also introduced to the Shadow's longtime gal pal, Ms. Margot Lane, who's currently riding out the last stretch of the bumpy road in her relationship <laughs> with uh, my boss, Giuseppe. Giuseppe Big Gun mazzaretti He's uh, not ain't all that big. His gun ain't all that big as she is, uh, mm-hmm. not, uh, reluctant That's to admit. She's in, but I'm uh, good. That's but, what she, uh, said. she sleeps with the dude and, and, you know, tickles his, his, uh, winky, Pickle. but, uh, she has very, very expensive tastes. She likes Don't the finest, all? the finest in, in clothing and jewelry and, and food and nightlife and, and, uh, Maseretti, he's, he's kind of fed up, you know? Uh, you know, for a whore, she's got, pretty expensive taste so he tells her you know what dame we're through we're done but uh, she tries to keep the gravy train rolling by telling uh, him that she's pregnant with his child Uh bad idea because uh, the news doesn't sit well with Giuseppe and he orders his thugs to kill her by uh, throwing her off the roof of the building nice guy right mm, uh, but classy. fortunately for Ms. Lane somebody Shows up to uh, hopefully save the day, and that's where the issue ends. Uh, like I said, it's not deep; it's all set up. But man, David, wasn't it great?
2: I it, it's real pretty, Taurus. It some is really nice art. I thought this was a this was one of of two year ones that that I read this week, and True. Um, and I think of I like this one more of the two, but it's um it's Wagner's somewhat of a chameleon here because it's not the, um, it's not, it's not the Grendel or the Mage or the Demon or, or it, maybe it feels a little bit like the Sandman Mystery Theater Wagner, but. It does. Holy crap, you're right. So he, he does have a style and this is, and this is an era that, that he seems to really have fun in and, yeah. and it, it definitely works because I'm, I am not, um, I'm not well versed. In the shadow, I, I, I'm not going to base anything I have on a movie I've never seen. It's it's just um, I read this well because Vince read it and dug it in, and I wanted to give it a shot because it it is Wagner. So um, I really have no regrets. I, I, I it was it was a setup. It was the first issue that basically just set the stage. It, it introduced the players. Um there's some things I, I probably would have liked to have delved a little bit more into, but hopefully that 's what the next issue is for maybe i didn't need to see so much of the reporter who's trying to you know dig information because there really yeah. is no there, there's no every man there 's no one who's our eyes we 're not there 's no one going through this story that are telling like like um the character from the first hellboy movie. You know, he was, he was there to tell you about the BPRD and everything else. There was nobody in this issue that, that walked you through this world, but, um, right. you just, you, you, you were in it and, and it was, starts off, you know, the first couple of pages pretty intense because, you know, it's, you can already tell that it's not going to be a, um. It's not sunshine and, and, and lollipops and, and no one's really going to feel good in this book for the most part, but it is right before, um, it's right before and right when the, the crash happens and. A lot it's, of chaos. Yeah. And, and I mean, they don't really, it's not like they focus on that. They mention it and, and it's referenced that, you know, a lot of early on people lived like, you know, there was nothing to worry about and, and the champagne was still flowing and, and no one accepted what was actually going to happen.
0: Right. They're still but, in denial at this right. point. Right. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Um, but uh Wagner does Gibson Proud. Um he he drops that old weed of crime chestnut early on in the book. So you know like you you're, you're the author of this thing has uh either has an affinity for the character or, or a appreciation for the character or at the very least he's done his research because he's pushing the the, the shadow buttons, you know? Yeah. Um mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, um, my Italian swear words, no, and he gets it right too. That was, yeah. I, that, that made me laugh out loud because, uh, when, um, Maseretti sends his guys after, uh, Lane, they, they get her in the room and obviously she fights back and, um, she takes a swing at, at one of the guys and, uh, she, no, she bites him. I think. Yeah. And and he goes, ah, fun She bit me. It's like, that's my uncle Jimmy. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, there, there's a lot of mind manipulation in this itch- issue. Um, first, the shadow does his ruby ring thing on the, the villager. And then, like, halfway through the issue, uh, Maserati's, uh, riding in the back of a car with his goons, uh, in you know, driving them around. Yeah. And, and he goes, he goes blank in the face. And you see these, these, uh, bloodshot eyes, like, superimposed around his, his body and uh, the things tell him you know what you better take advantage of the situation because things are in turmoil uh a lot of people are scared and you have an opportunity to bring all these gangs together under your rule you do it you listen to me and i'm assuming that that's the white tiger
2: oh yeah
0: yeah because th- i mean the shadow needs the ring
2: yeah he can't you yeah. can't
0: you know do it from a distance
2: see there now that's one thing I- Yes, okay. First couple pages we see the ring and and um you know, we it's obvious that that is where the shadow is able to to um to get the truth and
1: mm-hmm.
2: and like you just said, you're going he to assume He did display
0: psychic abilities in some of the stories though.
2: But there is no None of that. Uh, he, I,
0: there's no indication of that here. It's it's the ring.
2: And and as far as I can tell, even when you get to the end of the issue, like, like last week when we were talking about, um, oh crap, it was Poison Elves, um, and Jason appreciated the primer, unfortunately, it was at the end of the issue, and mm-hmm. there was nothing really if, I mean, it's, it's Shadow Year One, but there is, there's really, if, if you don't know a lot about the Shadow, you're not going to learn a lot in this first issue. Yeah. Okay,
0: but to be fair, what do you really need to know? rich he? What does he do? lamont cranston he's a rich right. he's a rich globetrotter it's, it's vague um there's,
2: no, there's there's not much known or they, they they like to get he's he's changed before he left this house that's pretty much been empty for years when yeah, he's been overseas out, when, for years and when he returned uh a young housemate says that some of the people who have been on staff for a while say that he's changed he's not the same person he was before he left yeah you know, so- jason
0: the shadows batman that takes it one step further and will kill the, the, those those john Wu style double handguns aren't there for show he mm-hmm. will he will kill people he deems corrupt so he, okay. he, you know that's that's in essence that's the shadow has somewhat kind of psychic, psychic ability thanks to that ruby ring he wears and he his his uh, quest is to to stomp out that that weed of of crime that bears the the bitter fruit that's that's what I, he does I know
3: next to nothing about the character I I really He's awesome
0: the shadow's awesome dude I
3: I mean I, what is it you mean just in general you like him or is it Yeah in general
0: no, in general, and in, I just think he's so imposing. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the Torres draws him a little bit too handsome in, in this issue. Uh, I think the, I, I yeah, prefer I the old elongated face with the, with the kind of hawkish, uh, or like a vulture type, um, facial features to the shadow. I, uh, I like him ugly. You know, this is, this is almost, uh, he's, he's not, Shaken, handsome, but I think he's much, much too handsome for for my uh, mental image of the shadow. It,
2: it's he's 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 youngish, and he's still it's still early yeah, yeah. in in his career. So well, it is year one, right? Right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, I thought. I mean, I, I I because even though he's still, you know, the 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 two times we see him in the book as the shadow. He's not wearing the hat. There's no cloak. There's no it's basically just like right. he found he found the red handkerchief or a napkin or something, wrapped it around the bottom of his face, and, and he's just announcing himself as the shadow. It's like he's still okay. and it's not so he's not it's He's quite worked it, out his whole shtick yet. Right. Yeah, it's like Bruce Wayne that first night out, he puts a scar on his face, he goes and gets beat up by Selena Kyle, shit like that. So it's still not it's it's not um
0: He's got the catchphrase down though. He he did. It's like the band making the t-shirts before they play their first gig. <laughs> he, he, he's got that weed of crime thing down. He practiced and, and, that. You and, and, yeah, tell. And,
2: and even even in the background, when you see the shadow, when you see the shadows, shadow on the wall and whatnot. I mean, there are there are um, hints of things to come, but it's. I, I thought it was. It it thought it was a solid first issue, and yeah, and it's, a lot of fun. It, it has me looking forward to the second. I want to see where where it's going.
0: It's a dynamite book. And the, you know, if it wasn't written by Wagner, I doubt it would have been the hook that pulled me back in. Mm-hmm. I, I probably would have would have ridden it out. And and because of this, I also read other dynamite books. Uh, one of which okay. I hope David and I will talk about later. Um, but I'm, I'll get into it. Uh, I think they they don't have the entire game planned out. They, they, they've they managed to secure great writers in Matt Wagner. Mark Wade is now writing a book uh, at um, Dynamite. But where they falter is on the visuals. I, I, mm. do, I do not think their artists are up to snuff uh, with, the, with the caliber of storytelling these greats are, are, are telling.
3: That's how I feel about uh, IDW a lot of times, too. Really? Well, we've talked about that.
0: Wow, see, with maybe the Joe it's series, just with the maybe, Joe franchise. Oh, uh, okay. See, I, that's that's a blind spot for me.
3: Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I shouldn't. I actually I was gonna say because I mean, obviously, the the Transformer stuff is pretty spot on, and and certainly, um, uh, Lock and Key is fantastic. So, I mean, it's it's just more like Godzilla. Oh, awesome. that's true too. Awesome yeah, wow. stuff. Both okay. of the Godzilla I, books are great. Yep. Yep. So it's it's basically the Joe franchise I'm, I'm, I'm complaining about. <laughs> but you know, you 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 bring up a good point because. I mean, I think a lot of people associate Diamond with Alex Ross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not exactly sure if Ross has, like, a financial interest in Dynamite, but I, I, I have to believe he does. Yeah. Because he's pretty much, like, exclusive to them, at least in terms of, like, cover art and stuff for, like, a bunch of years now. And he occasionally draws an issue. But, you know, for a guy that's, like, so iconic from an art perspective, I, I do think their art, especially on the license stuff has, has been sketchy at times and – um you know, you just you just have to wonder. I mean, we always hear about how there's so many great artists that are begging for work, and yet <laughs> there's seemingly a disconnect at times, right? I mean, between, like, who gets the work and who, who maybe would do a great job with the work.
0: It, it's probably more to the point where the, the decent to much better caliber of artists don't want to work for what dy- uh, Dynamite wants to pay. Could be. Yeah
3: yeah I mean that's certainly possible too we don't know the difference they
0: they probably save most of their budgets for the big name writers or and uh you know what I mean then whatever's left yeah we'll get somebody in here to do some art yeah so i i I don't, know. I don't know and and it's it's uh it's kind of sad because um you know when you got really great properties under your roof like uh john carter and and Vamparella, i mean I bought Vampirella for years hoping that it would get better and it's just like why am i wasting money on this you know what yeah. i mean that that should be a no-brainer get somebody get a great good girl artist in there and just do it up you know pay what what you think the market will return for you I, you know I don't who know. should
3: draw Vampire relevance
0: art adams should draw Vampirella.
3: well yeah oh, okay well i know we won't see art that, adams but. for anybody i mean yeah. for any book um but I was looking at the, uh, you know, I've been looking at the artist alley list for Sado Sado's to, you know, figure out who I might want to get to do a jam piece or a commission or something. And, uh, there's a guy that I think has done a lot of work for Top Cal, uh, Eric Basaldua.
0: Oh, yeah, he's great.
3: Yeah, his commission is amazing. Yeah, he's great. And he's actually, I like him because he's kind of like dirty, like his, uh, Very. his, 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 uh, his website is, uh, like all, it's, it's his whole, his like motto is, uh, is, is, is uh, is go ass because he loves ass (laughs) he (laughs) says like right at the beginning of his art blog like if you're a kid or you're offended by ass then don't come into this website (laughs) but he draws the feminine form oh yeah unbelievably well and would be great for a vampire a vampirella book so yeah
0: all right we'll we'll, David and I will take a break really and, and then we'll let you dish out some some poop
3: all right nice well, I'm. You know, I'm always. I'm always a fan of the anthology. So anytime I get a chance to read one and, and actually enjoy it, I gotta. I gotta give them some love. And uh, this book came out last week from uh, DC Comics, most specifically Vertigo.
0: Oh boy! What? Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs>
3: oh, you say, "Oh boy," you get me nervous. You didn't like it.
0: Um, if it's the book I'm thinking about, I didn't order it, and based on the two reviews I read, I'm glad I didn't because uh, it was unanimous among the two that the book was terrible. And so, I'm, <laughs> yeah,
3: I haven't read any reviews.
0: Go ahead, I want to hear your take on it because I, I value your opinion more than these faceless moocs on the internet.
3: Well, okay, so it's yeah, it's a it's a uh, a one shot. Uh, by Vertigo. It's, it's an ongoing theme. They, have been doing these every now and then where we'll have a anthology, oversized anthology comic, um, with a, th- with, you know, that's thematic. And this time, as you might guess from the name Time Warp, it's about, uh, time travel. And so all the stories have some element of time travel or future, futurism in them. Um, as with all anthologies, it's going to be a mixed bag. You know, you're never, at least I've never read an anthology and come away loving every aspect of every story. So, you know, your mileage may vary. Um, but maybe I'm an easy mark, but I thought that this book had plenty of, of positives. Cool. First of all, they start off super strong with a story called R.I.P., which is written by Damon Lindelof, but it's drawn by Jeff Lemire. Nice. And you know I'm a huge Lemire fan. So the story is... A look at Rip Hunter, and Rip goes back in time, and he goes to a prehistoric time, and he his uh, his his uh, his time sphere gets damaged, and before he has a chance to repair it, it gets destroyed by an apatosaurus. So he's pretty much stuck, you know, in prehistoric time. And for those that know Rip Hunter, you know, he's he's a character that travels through time, but has always been very clear that you know there there you can't he it's a pretty rigid ver- view of, of time travel you can't uh you know he can't be in the same place at the same time without being doing exactly the same and there's all kinds of paradoxes and you know so the the idea is since he's trapped here he's basically trapped here and Lindelof and Lemire play with that idea and they find a way to get rip hunter off of this tough spot on this prehistoric land but not without a conceit that is true to the character's um, uh, view that that you can't ever really uh, change history. I I don't want to give it away because the the whole conceit is like a very Twilight Zone-esque thing at the end, which makes you say, ah, cool. Um, But I thought that was awesome. And then the next next story in the book is drawn by none other than our boy, Mr. Tom Fowler. So, I mean, I don't know how you can go wrong with Tom Fowler art. You can't. you can't. So, the story that Fowler drew is actually written by Tom King, who this is his first ever comic work. For so, some of our listeners, might know Tom um, from No Apologies, the uh, the uh, podcast that Daryl uh, and Chris Kazicki and our buddy Chris Campbell and sometimes New Mutant and uh, a bunch of other people uh, do. You know, it's a it's a it's a collaborative um, podcast that they do mm-hmm. each week. That I've mentioned before, but um, Tom King's one of the regulars on that show as well, and this is his first comics work as the writer. Um, that's a conceit that plays with the idea of uh, a what if in uh, Germany, uh, where basically, what if Hitler didn't didn't come to power, and what if uh, what what would the world have been like in that circumstance? But the framing element is an event that happens in a bunch of kids' childhood and uh, and, and then you see the story through a, a, a girl's eyes who witnessed a tragedy when she was a child and it takes you in her journey all the way through the late 1800s through her life into the 1950s and uh, I thought it was a really intelligent story like, like unbelievably so um, so for a guy who did his first comics work and got to pair up with Fowler on the art I mean I thought that was a home run too So they're two for two on that front. Now, admittedly, from there, it's a little bit more hit or miss. Um, There's a a kind of a strange story um, written by Gail Simone with very cartoony, almost like uh, like RG-esque, but a little more cartoony than that art from someone I wasn't familiar with named Guile Bertrand that uh, revolves a candy store. And I wasn't such a fan of that one. Um, But, you know, again... Come see, So that's gonna happen. Um, why are you laughing?
0: He's speaking in tongues.
3: Oh. Um, then there's one called The Grudge, which, uh, written by Simon Spurrier, drawn by a fellow named Michael Dowling. Um, that one was very odd. It, it basically is a story about um, two uber genius scientists who are uh, career rivals. Kind of like, uh, like a Reed Richards and Victor von Doom would have been in their youth. But rather than, uh, rather than like compete against each other for like grand accomplishments, they basically both are have the hots for the same chick. So they use science to progressively find more impressive ways to uh, put each other on blast. So like it starts when like one of the guys displays on a giant board in a classroom that his uh, rival has no cock. And then and then so the next guy the, the next guy retaliates by inventing a pheromone that gives everybody a dream in the area and in the dream it says that the other guy's a scat muncher. <laughs> and, and it oh goes my. from there until like all the way through their lives until like a point where they're basically like displaying this stuff in space like in stellar like stellar sized like signage. And uh it, it was interesting, it was definitely unusual, um, but a little a little odd. Um there's a story by a guy named Toby Litt who I have no idea who what? it is stop huh?
0: it go ahead sorry David's David's sending links out to my shit David
2: he's sending links <laughs> out while I'm talking uh,
0: yeah tell him
2: don't even suit, dude don't. yeah
0: get on him Jason get him
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, that was funny. so,
3: so the, the, the next one Dead Boy Detectives is written by a guy named Toby Litt <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at
0: <laughs> David said he's done
3: oh hilarious <laughs>
0: You know what? I'm just going to interrupt you for a second. You making this issue sound much better than the reviews I've read made it out to be. So I'm probably going to go back and and, uh, at least take a look at it in the shop. And with those two names you mentioned initially, Lemire and and Fowler, I'm guessing it's probably not going to seem all that bad, right?
3: That's right. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, and then this one, the Dead Boy Detectives, didn't really grab me per se. Um I thought the art looked great. It was uh Bucking Mark Buckingham does the layouts and then uh, Victor Santos does the finishes. It's got a real Jeff Smith Bone feel. Mm. The villains got like almost kinda like the look of like a- an elongated rat from Bone. Um I think legitimately scary. I think and, this uh, is
0: the continuation. This is what I was bitching about that last anthology that the dead boy detective story didn't end. And they okay. con- they so were gonna that, continue you know, it. With- that
3: explains a little bit because oh, I didn't read the last one, and and I I did think this story, while it looked beautiful, I didn't quite follow it because I right. kind of like you're missing like you parts. Said, It just jumps in, so that's yeah. probably why. Um, there's one written by Peter Milligan with great art, again by M.K. Perker. I mean, I guess the thing I'll say about this book is the art is top notch. So even if some of the stories maybe fall a little flat for anyone's particular taste, the art is terrific in this book, and that alone I thought made it worth the the cover price but this, this story She's Not There by Peter Milligan M.K. Perker really could have been in a horror anthology um, basically the future has advanced enough where you, that people can they, they, there's so much information, kind of gets back to the conversation we had a week or two ago there's so much information called about a person's life now through electronics You know, be it surveillance, social media, everything that in the future when someone dies if you have enough money this company can compile uh, effectively a, a ghost of that person for you Ooh. And, and they can haunt you it, why you'd want to be haunted by this by a ghost. I don't know, but, but it sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so this guy lost his wife in a bus accident. So he, he pays a lot of money to have her haunt him. And, uh, let's just say there's been a horror element to it though. So maybe the ghost isn't exactly what, what he thought she was. Um, and then probably my favorite story of the bunch, uh, is, uh, a. Another huge selling point for me is a story that was written and drawn by Mr. Matt Kent. And oh, cool. That story dude is straight out of the uh profit world. Like it's oh, it's wow. set in the future. There's two civiliz there's two civilizations fighting for a planet that will give them 10,000 years worth of resource. And it's basically at this point in the future it's man it's one one-on-one combat for the right of this planet. And mm-hmm. The descriptive detail he goes into for these soldiers is awesome. Like for the first guy, it's like number—it's you know—it's all numbered. It's got it's got the guy and it it's got the little arrows pointed to each thing, so it's it's like a diagram. It's like number one: outer shell designed to withstand one million degrees for planet a- atmosphere entry. Also edible. Number two: bolt fed by exotic gas, cycle rounds at three thousand rounds per minute. Robo rounds, each with individual personalities and advanced AI, each rounds is worth a small country's GDP. Uh, number three, nano chip technology calibrates exact distances and penetration of fired rounds automatically. Uh, and it just goes from there. And then the other warrior has a bunch of stuff. Like, she's got uh, number three, bio suit lined with cylinder slugs, forming a natural protective healing layer just above the skin. Uh, and it's just like this crazy, out there, unbelievably creative ideas that Ken puts forth. There's a... Uh, when they start fighting hand-to-hand, she's got a, One of them's got an ego knife, which is outfitted with miniature poison sacks collected from the farthest reaches of the galaxy. Uh, it's, just, it's just crazy. Like and, and they fight for the right of this planet like one-on-one, um, which I thought was great. There's a few others that, you know, again, not as robust. There's one called the, the the Principle, which is written by Dan Abnett with art by a, a fellow I'm not familiar with named uh, INJ Inge Colbert. Um, that didn't grab me too much. There's another one uh, called Three Seconds, which didn't grab me all that much, but Again, there are nine stories in total. Um, I'd say three of them are home runs. Um, you know, three or four of them are, are, are decent enough, especially on the art side. And then you got two or three that maybe don't don't hit the mark. But I think that's a totally fair expectation for a an, an anthology. So sure. Yeah. Um, again, I haven't read the reviews, so it's, I, I'm gonna I'm curious now. But but I uh, I would definitely say if if you like sci-fi and time travel stories. Uh, it's it's definitely worthwhile. I would I would I would certainly recommend it. So
0: seriously, who pays attention to the reviews anyway?
3: Well, you do apparently.
0: No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you said you but read two of them that prompted you not to buy it.
0: Well, I read it far after the uh, the DCBS order was in. Mm-hmm. So mm, mm-hmm. uh, I played a wait and see on it, and so I'm gonna wait and see based on what you said. St- chances are good. You know what I'm saying?
3: Exactly.
0: Right. Hey, let's take a live tweet.
3: Let's do it. There's a lot of uh, con-related live tweets this week.
0: Yes, uh, here's a, a funny one from uh, Omaha Joel. He directs it to Jason hmm. and asks, "What are the differing views on the forum?" Oh, no. in, re- in, res- in response to your <laughs> earlier tweet,
3: we we, well, we I, do he, have. If he followed me a little more intently, he would have seen me answer that question a few minutes after I posted. Yes. I if different- he
2: if he follows Gobo, because you you responded to Gobo.
3: Oh. He would have seen if he follows Only, me. He uh, seen- if he
2: no 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 if he'd have he'd have to dig into your conversation. He wouldn't have seen your follow up tweet on his stream if he doesn't follow Gobo. Well, maybe. He but does. if he but if he dug oh, right, into right, right. your oh, see, your yeah, stream, I, see what you're I yeah. But yeah.
0: I guess, um, to sum it up, I prefer chaos in all its forms. And, and I'm, I'm a kind of hands off guy. If somebody wants to sling, uh, you know, racial slurs and, and foul language and anything short of kiddie porn is fine with me on the forum Uh, because I'm, I just like sit back and let them all kill each other. But David and Jason take, have different views on that.
3: Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I was really referring to the fact that I feel like uh, probably from my time moderating uh, the Football Guys board for years before we had a board, um, I've always taken a. Were it not for you three having, I think, a much more open-minded view about the tolerance levels, I would have no compunctions about banning the hell out of people. <laughs> like, I would ban people. Admittedly, our forum is 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 found a great equilibrium over the years, so there's very few people that I would ever consider banning on our forum, but there are periodically a few people, um, and I won't, I won't get specific at this point, but, right. but that I would ban without any reservation uh, if, if. if I didn't think that you guys would not approve the, of the move. And that, that's what I was referring to today.
0: David is much more stern than I
3: am yeah but I, I think it's fair to say that David isn't a fan of the the banning unless it's like an absolute like right. like the right. guy's completely just yeah just atrocious to everybody and stuff so um but again it's not even really getting worth getting into I mean it just i they, i just uh th- there was a certain person that uh was was uh rubbing me the wrong way, so I gave him like a 12 hour timeout right yeah
0: but he's back. i let him back. That's it cool one more before we get in there. Uh, this is from H.T. Uh, Halji. You, you know, Hassan. Yeah, Hassan. But uh, I was going by the the handle. Yes. Um, name a comic book that you passed on as a child or a young lad that you regretted later. And uh, his was the Claremont Byrne X-Men. Woof! What a book to pass on. Mm. But that's cool. Uh, you know, um when when you're young you're not tuned into the good stuff uh you don't no you don't have the experience to know uh basically what uh will stand the test of time you know what mine was and um i've recently made a point to order at least one of the digest reprints every month from DCBS and uh it is uh, of course archie comics when i was a kid okay. i snubbed my nose at archie i don't want to read that really? stuff that's garbage I, that that's that's trash i want superheroes i want horror and monsters and 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 science fiction and now i find myself archie comics bring me to this nice little comfortable place uh, especially the digest when you can get like Uh, What are the double digests, David? 128 pages? And and then they have double double digests that are 360 pages for $5.99 before discount. Uh, so, uh, and, and just re, seeing these Archie stories from like the 60s and the 70s and the style of dress and, and just the the stories are so innocent and fun and you can, Totally. Like yeah, yeah. Dan Carlo and all those great artists. You can sink into these stories and just, I don't want to say turn off the brain, but it's like a nostalgia trip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their, their concerns in each era's story are different. Uh, you, you can tell the 80s stories where they, you'll see a kid riding a skateboard every so often. It's like, that's the cool thing, you know? And just, it, it's so simple. And those characters really need no explanation. Jughead loves to eat, right? Reggie's conceited. Uh, Betty's hot. Um, Veronica's yeah. rich and self-centered and, and Moose is big and dumb and has a heart of gold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dilton is smart. Well, you can sum up these characters in one sentence yeah. and they're just so much fun to read. I just, I love Archie stories. I don't know what it is. I, maybe it's that, um, Experience comes with age, thing, and I can look back at these now and thinking, "Man, what the hell was I thinking back then? I should have those been reading
2: were, these." Th- those are pretty much the only comics Renee read growing up. She bought them like religiously.
0: I made fun of people for reading them back then. Now, now
2: you make do fun it? of people for reading big two books.
0: I do. Whoop! We have a tech. Um, do we have a technical difficulty there? It sounds like we lost somebody.
2: I'm here. I'm Good.
0: Here. Oh,
3: right. uh, Yeah, I don't know. Best uh, hmm. I'm trying to think like that. It's hard for me to think that way. I'm like, because I feel like over the years, you now you go back and you read a lot of the stuff. So it's I'm trying to think of something I felt like I really missed out on. Um,
2: I've tried to I, I I tried to test everything. I didn't want to. I can't say. I, I, yeah, it's it's really. I mean, there are things that yeah. Like, I I went back and read earlier issues of, of titles I already read but I don't think there was anything I looked over while I was growing up only to go back to read later and go well, how'd I miss that
3: yeah I mean I, I guess I would say like um, uh, I mean you know as you know I didn't really read any DC back then so you know probably like probably Swamp Thing you know? Like Animal Man, like stuff like that, but uh, Ah. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah. Animal Man I could probably Yeah, I could see that.
3: How about, about Madman, Mad Jason?
2: What's that?
0: Madman. All red.
3: Well that's more, I don't consider that my youth. The question was for in our youth, right? Yeah, I mean. but you're still young. No Madman. <laughs> I mean I was thir- it was Mad Man was, it was in my thirties. I mean no nah, terms of my I youth I mean the 30s. other thing I'd say is uh is um Maybe like uh, definitely like like Nexus and Grendel, oh, okay, and, uh, and that stuff because cause I I mean I didn't read that at all until I really started doing the show with you guys, um, and, and I feel like that was like some I can imagine how that would have been really like awesome groundbreaking stuff to kind of been like in the know to talk about that stuff back then you know so but, I don't
0: know I I like looking back on my buying habits mm-hmm. and um I can remember buying the the big two stuff just out of inertia just because i had long deep runs of these books and i would just buy them every month through through the good times it's like being married you know good times and bad you, you stick with it and um when grendel came out wow i mean that was one of the books i looked forward to every right. month it was cr- and uh and, and as it went on it it never the quality didn't suffer for my money. It got better as it went on. I like the, the the last arc before it went to Grendel Tales. Oh, whoa, oh, okay. uh, I think that's that's Wagner some of Wagner's all-time best work mm-hmm. I, I love it. Um, David's opinion may differ, but uh, and and the same with Grendel uh, not Grendel. Um, Nexus Nexus was like the book for a long time.
3: yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I'm saying. I didn't really get to experience that at the time, but but now the work still hold holds so well, oh, yeah. 25 years later that it makes me realize that you know it must have been really really awesome to have been reading those as they were coming out. And I want to also throw Cerebus into there too. Hmm. Like sure. I missed that that boat entirely, you know, until it pretty much was the series was over.
0: Did you hear that um, IDW? has uh, secured Dave Sim to do a new book for them?
3: I thought that was an April Fool's joke.
0: Was it? Oh, yeah. tell me it wasn't.
3: Yeah, it was on April <laughs> Fool's that that came oh,
0: out. Oh, I, I freaking hate that April Fool's <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I really do. I, I mean, because it's not far-fetched. Dave Sim has been doing variant covers for IDW for, what, about a year now? And I, I thought, you know, by association, because Chris Real, he's a mover. If If he wants something, he'll go get it. And God damn it. I... Phew.
3: Thank you. Well, maybe it's not. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not suggesting. I'm, I just thought it was that
0: would've been cool. As long as he doesn't go the Glamourpus direction, let's 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 do some fiction. Some
3: well, Glamourpus was
0: fiction, but I don't go in that direction. That was. Just, I wonder
3: though if we're, were going to see a Dave Sim um, artist edition from IDW. That'd be, know, for that'd be a
0: tough call. I don't know which one I would pick.
3: Well, but there i mean you you could definitely pick one though. I mean, there would be you know.
0: Oh yeah. Probably uh, the Mind Games issues. Just take all mm. the Mind Games issues and put them in one big artist edition. That would be great.
3: Mm. Uh yeah, I mean you know maybe the Sim thing isn't uh is it? because it's I'm looking up an article now and it's it's part of a a broad series of really of new things that came out of uh, WonderCon. So
0: well, fingers crossed. Yeah. So don't maybe, you think uh, that's silly, that I that April Fool stuff?
3: I do. I'm not a fan of April I'm Fool's, not either. Yeah. Same here. I mean, I'm not a and it's really driven just again by like the internet saturation of things. Like it's just because it's so obviously April Fool's at that day, like it seems like every website ranging from Google to, you know, to any content site you normally go to feels compelled to make a fake headline now. And right. it's
0: just, and, and there's enough of that shit on the internet every other day of the year. You know, it's just April Fools is just an excuse to do what they always do. It, it, it's ridiculous. I, mm-hmm. whatever. I came home and Vinny goes, "Hey dad, your nose is bleeding." I was like, "Yeah, okay, April Fools, you're funny."
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey.
0: yeah, he's a pisser. Hey David, you want to take another one here?
2: Let's do the other year one.
0: Yeah. Okay. The uh, the second year one book that we read was from IDW it's a story uh subtitled the long hard road from what i hear it's what david ten issues oh is it i think i think it's a 10 issue series uh called judge dread year 1
3: i read it thank you very much nice nice uh
0: written by matt smith not the doctor uh pencils and inks by simon colby Color art by Chris O'Grady and cover by Greg Staples. David and I thought it was our buddy Val, but it's not. It's Uh, Greg Staples.
2: Not to tell you in the credits. Right,
0: it's not listed, which is weird for IDW because they they always list the cover artists on the credits because they have more than one cover on a lot of their books. Uh, A very, very odd first issue for a year one storyline, I thought. Uh, Usually when... uh, the year one tag is applied to a series you're like okay ground floor we're going to learn a lot about this character uh the only thing we're told in this first issue is it's, it's uh joe dread's first year on the mega city one beat that's and
2: it I, I think that was my i think that was my problem with it really Yeah, because I am so used to a year one story, as we just witnessed with The Shadow and even before mentioning Batman, that this is how he came to be. This is how the character... Becomes the character you're used to, you're you're familiar with, and this was just, this could have been if it wasn't for his first year and meeting with the CyCor. Th- th- this could have just been a, ra- could have been a 2008 story. It, right. There, there was there a-
0: was really nothing to differentiate this from any other Judge Dredd story. I right. mean, if if they didn't put that line in there that you know it's Dredd's first year on the beat, and uh, you're right with the CyCor going in and meeting them for the first time it it's no different but i thought i mean other than that i thought it was a good story and i'm i'm hoping as the series goes on we'll get a little bit of insight into because this is the origin of judge dread for idw
2: okay all right they, yeah i mean i keep i keep forgetting that yeah there is it's,
0: yeah it's, uh, it's different than the yeah. the uh the the british uh, Dread, uh, the two thousand a d dread so what they wanted to do they wanted to establish a definitive origin for the character on this side of the water which that's it, a good idea, but first issue you get no inkling of that none. Right. uh and um it's a it's a kind of simple story something really strange is happening to mega city one's children uh they're exhibiting
2: freak- not, not just the children
0: uh adoles- adolescents yeah cuz ba-
2: yeah
0: um they're exhibiting really strange powers uh spontaneous powers levitation psychic abilities telekinesis pyrokinesis etc and uh after which the subjects that actually live uh bear no memories of the events uh one kid's bullied on the playground and he floats his ass up in the air and his eyes get all crazy and uh, we, we assume that he, he tears into his uh, accusers. One kid actually rips a man limb from limb in the air. Uh, it's pretty pretty brutal and gruesome and, and I loved it. Um, but that's it. Dreads on the case trying to find out why these uh, adolescents are, are just uh, spur of the moment. Uh, developing these powers, and uh, Sycor kind of gets to the root of the problem, at least in the right direction, where they uh, postulate that something um, like a uh, some kind of signal, like a radio signal, the these children uh, and teens are picking up on it, and it's flipping them on like a switch, yeah. uh, and something is is the signal's getting stronger, as if something were trying to break through. And that's where the first issue ended. But um again, Judge Dredd, like the shadow, does not stop short of killing people. If if you have broken uh the the code of the law, dread will kill you.
2: Well I think also the movie established that, the recent movie. Yeah. They that's, that's,
0: that yeah that's true too. But uh there's there's one little sequence where these these two kids he, he catches them uh in the process of robbing a bank and the kid goes in and just uses this this uh, uh telekinesis to blow the safe open and, and they're they're in the in the midst of doing this and dread dread barges in and uh the kid fires on him and dread returns fire and just, just kills him. Just boom, mm-hmm. you're you, you're gone. Uh, after which, Dredd gets kind of thrown for a loop by the other kid who do, has developed powers. But it, it's a neat little story. I'm I'm really interested to see where it goes, and I got my fingers crossed that they start eking in backstory as to to Joe's, uh, you know, his training and his first couple moments in in uh, the uh, with the judges and stuff. Because as a year one. First issue does not fit the bill. What do you think, Jason?
3: Uh, I I think I think I'm a little more with David on this one. I I um I, I definitely think it it does not. I'm I'm with you. If you're going to call something, uh, uh, David, if you're going to call something year one, I, I think that by definition has uh, an implication to it, and so this did not meet that implication. I mean, you're right, Vince. if if this was just an issue of, like, if this was issue number five of the IDW Judge Dredd series, and for some reason we all decided to pick it up and discuss it, I would have thought it was fine enough. I mean, again, it reads to me like one of the less impressive but fine, you know, reasonably entertaining stories I might be reading in a 2000 AD. You know, it's just, it it's fine. It's, for, for as I've kind of been getting more acclimated with Dredd, you know, it's, he's been... Although in the U.S. we don't think of it that way, he's been he's been drawn and written so consistently for so long by so many different writers and artists that you know you as you start to read through Jed, you kind of come to the to the terms that um, you know he's going to look different, he's going to going to you know it's going to it's going to read different because and that's part of his his world is that he's just he's constantly being you know written by different people and drawn by different people, so it, it almost has the almost like an anthology effect. So I'm with all that, but um, I, I mean. I I guess my enjoyment of this or or maybe lack of is colored by the fact that uh, I've been reading so much for the first time of the 2000 AD stuff and there's such like an immense library of that stuff to draw from and so much of it is classic and timeless that I just, reading this issue left me thinking, okay, I'm not going to buy the other nine issues. I'm just going to make a commitment to make sure I read some more Dread in the next few weeks from the like case files that I have sitting on my shelf, you know, like to me, it's all new. So why not read the stuff I know is the, even by hardcore G- dread fans is is the great, great stuff. Cause it's all new to me anyway. So like, there's no novelty to this being a new take on dread if, you know, or a restart. Um, and I thought the art was, I mean, it was good in general. Again, it's, it's not like it, it really fell short, but, but I, I thought that, uh, like a lot of the characters, other than Dread, were really stiff. Like I, I, I don't know. Hmm. I just so you know, I guess I would say it was an okay issue, but not okay enough to have me order the the the, the rest. You know, I mean, it was it was hmm. fine, but
0: I like uh, Colby's use of blacks. We, <laughs> See, I think I, they're really nice.
2: Some of the coloring to me was a little off. I wasn't. It was a little hard for me to tell. As we did close ups on, on certain panels, who that was supposed to be when, um, the, uh, the closing scene where, where Judd, where, where Dredd is, um, meeting the bank robbers and, um, kills one of them. I, I I had to really kind of look at that panel to see which one he actually shot. It was just, there were just little things that Mm -hmm. it, it could have been smoother. It it just, it, it was a little, I, it was, it was, in a way, it was haphazard. It was, but it, I mean, it. I guess for that story, it worked. Like it, it would be very hard to see that style in like a Wonder Woman comic. And in, in Dred's world, it, it kind of the art itself works. The color was just not really to my liking.
0: Mm. It wasn't initially apparent to me that the kid actually stopped the bullets. Right. It, it, I went back and looked at that sequence again. I'm like, oh damn, he threw his bullets back, back at him. At him I, yeah. I I didn't really get that the first time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: and they say when um when I guess was this Dink, i the, the drug dealer's name who told the old man to go walk off the roof yeah i- di- I didn't quite know that that's what was that like like he was walking towards the the edge of the building and and was going to take a walk Like just just some of the the perspective i mean it's kind of like the way we were talking about um Montos' art last week where where Jason was talking about how he could see him getting better as 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 the days go by and and uh i i kind of get that sense here there's just some and i don't know how long colby's been drawing it but there are just some things as i was looking at it, it just didn't quite it it wasn't meshing for me
0: you know what the that scene with the drug dealer um the thing that confused me a little bit was the blade in his hand i don't know why that was included in that sequence. Because if you look at it, it almost makes it look like he's directing the guy with the blade. Yes. And, yes. and it, if it's unnecessary. If he's using his mind on the on the guy, he should have did some kind of like, you know, Gene Grey type, touching my temples because I'm thinking right, at yeah, you type. Broken, you know what I mean? I, I was something. Yeah, right. yeah. That's, but uh, th- th- I think the blade was, was just uh, unintentionally confusing in that scene. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I thought it was... It wasn't great, no, it was, but I thought it was no, good no, it was, enough. Yeah. It was good enough to buy uh, the, the subsequent issues. But I will say, I've been keeping up with um, 2000 AD Weekly, and mm-hmm. Colby's art is uh, by and large better than a small portion of what I'm seeing out of. 2000 AD. They have their big names and their heavy hitters, but sure. some of the, 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 uh, let's call them like not the spotlight series. Some of the art is a little on the weak side. Like there was a couple covers a couple weeks ago. I'm like, damn, use that as the cover? Really? Uh, but that doesn't happen very often with, with 2000 AD. Usually, you know, it's all, it's more often than not really top shelf quality. Uh, especially for the covers, but you know, like everybody, they slip and Well, stumble every once, once in, in, a in a while, while yeah,
2: you got to have that new talent showcase. You just need to. Right, where, where, I, else, yeah. you, where else are you going to have? It's like WWE's NXT. Where else are you going to have the next group coming up unless you give them an area to, to test their wares?
0: You are absolutely correct. Uh, one more, and I do not think David and I are going to agree on this one.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. We we may agree on the st-
0: Yeah, we may agree on the on the the story and the writing aspect, but I think we're going to part ways on the art from what David has subtly clued me in to. Uh the third book we read was also from Dynamite. It is written by a man who Jason uh has uh rightly claimed is on a is currently on a streak. Uh and I'm of course talking about Mr. Mark Wade. It's Green Hornet number one. Mm. The book is actually called Mark <laughs> Wade's.
2: <laughs> hey, the the, it, the, the, b- it has nothing to do with Seth Rogen.
0: The the book is actually <laughs> called Mark Wade's Green Hornet.
2: Yeah, I saw that. I love like Which that. is
0: really cool. Um illustrated by Daniel Indro. Uh in a nutshell. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Green Hornet character, uh a man named Britt Reed is the uh publisher of uh, a Chicago newspaper, uh a vigilant newspaper called the Daily Sentinel. They stand for what's right and they're by God they're gonna back it up and, and uh expose the criminals for the for the sake of the the, the populace. And um mister Reed uses his fortune as the publisher of this uh newspaper to inform uh... and fund the efforts of his feared alter ego the super criminal known as the green hornet now i say super criminal because together with his sidekick kato uh... the green hornet kinda worms his way into that bitter fruit of crime that the shadow talks about in, in hopes of destroying it from within see he plays as a villain but he's really a good guy and uh, he wants to not so much gain the, the the criminals trust, but kind of put himself on the same page with them. So they kind of get a, a bit of respect out of fear for what he does. And it makes them more willing to um, open themselves up to him. And then he goes in and destroys them, which is a good thing. Um, I thought this issue was very meaty. Uh, Jason, did you read it?
3: No, buddy. I got to say, I wait aside. I have never these pulp characters just don't interest me. I mean, again, it's it's not a admonition on on the characters. They've they've lasted almost a century, so clearly they they have a lot of appeal. But for some reason, I've just never gotten drawn into them. And uh, and probably the one that I've been least drawn to has been Green Hornet, whether it be like in the 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 visual versions that have come out or or the comic versions. I just have never. Never gotten the. I mean, it's just never. I've tried it once or twice over the years and different. You know, and it's just just never. It's just a character. I, I just don't. I don't quite. I've never been drawn to the to the very notion of the character very much. So, but, no, but, it's, it's not my cup of tea.
2: But he's a descendant of of the Lone Ranger.
3: I, I'm it's not a big Lone Ranger bad. fan either. So,
2: see, I I kind I am. I mean, not. I don't want to mm-hmm. say big. It's not like it's. Oh, like it's on there with like star trek or anything with me i just I, I remember seeing the the serials and especially when we lived out west in arizona but um i didn't it, that that's that's only fairly recent though that they've connected lone ranger and Green Hornet, right yeah it's not like that was from back in the day
0: and uh, wade also makes a point of including the shadow in, he uh, does, yeah. He does yeah. mention
2: that you know he's, he's uh, he doesn't he's he's not operating the same way that 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 shadow character in New
0: York. Right. Is. Well, you know where they meet, right? I mean, recently they they meet in that Masks series, miniseries that uh, Dynamite has going on. It's oh, uh, okay. it's the Shadow, the Green Hornet, the Spider, Miss Fury, and I'm leaving some out. But uh, I mean, I have that. I have yet to read it, but it looks pretty um but uh this issue kind of it's it's all build up to to where the the series is actually going and uh you get to see the green hornet in operation uh his methodology his his uh the way he works he uses people employed by the newspaper to kind of stir the pot and get things all shaken up like he has this this guy named uh mike axford and he goes in and takes uh incriminating photographs of the harbor commissioner taking a bribe from from this mob boss and uh the 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 harbor commissioner's name Melvin Penwick uh and uh, so it gets front page on the, on the Sentinel you know uh Penwick corrupt uh, and that brings the governor down on uh Reed's head who tries to use uh, a rival newspaper called the Chronicle to uh, you know, get the people against uh, Mister Reed. Advertisers start pulling out of the Sentinel, and then the Green Hornet takes it from there. And eventually, by the end of the first issue, both the senator and the the harbor commissioner are uh, brought up on charges, and and so you know the the Chronicle is in in uh, a good place, but it leads to another story where somebody's going to start dropping bombs, literally dropping bombs, and where that's going to go is, remains. I think to I know who that is. Who's that?
2: Well, well, not, not the Ranks the Rocks guy who looks like that's going to be dropping bombs. But it's a strong guy. Now, yeah, that's yeah, true. I, I, um, I think I know who it was who went down the basement of the butcher shop.
0: Do you think it was the
2: Hornet? No. I think it was the guy who... Brit- was talking to oh the stand up guy yeah. Are, yeah who 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 uh, who i guess runs the docs who says if you if, if your paper needs an investor i don't want to see it i don't want to see the paper go away even if it means you know bringing to light things that happen where i make my bread but um only be, the, the, the cane is kind of a giveaway which makes me think that maybe weight is deliberate in in um with the walking stick
0: but the the tip on the cane is green
2: but we never really, we never really see the the tip when he goes into the butcher shop,
0: right? But the suit is green, so
2: right, his suit is green, yeah. And and uh, and it wasn't it it wasn't green in the restaurant. But you're right. I mean, which is why it's it it could just be a, a way to 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 not make it look so obvious. But yeah,
0: the guy's name is Malcolm White. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. Cool, David. Good call. I didn't notice that.
2: Aww.
0: yeah but unlike jason i have a huge crush on almost all the pub characters which is another reason why i'm giving dynamite another shot i i love them all the uh the shadow green hornet the spider which i recently tried mm, much to my chagrin
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then i don't know if you you pay attention but i i tweeted like you know must really suck for a writer to put all their paraphrasing myself because I don't remember exactly what I said. Uh, to put all this effort into writing a good story, only to be kneecapped by the artist. The the art on the spider is it just it hurts my eyes. It, it really does. It it's it's the the artist uses uh, the digital like a crutch. All the is that the, is,
2: is that the Garth book the spider or was he writing the shadow? Ennis? Yeah.
0: I don't know. Um, this book, I'll I'll tell you exactly who wrote it. Um, damn you. Stop turning. Uh, this book was written by David Liss.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Art uh, by.
3: He did a Black Panther for a bit. Yes. Oh, really? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And the arts by colton warley and I, I i went through the first five issues and the story was really compelling um uh the, basically the sh- it's the spider is a lot like the shadow he's a killer if you if you're on the wrong side of the law you're dead um he costumed vigilante Very, very rich, thanks to uh, his father's money. So all these guys—it just amazes me um, how many of them are in the Batman mold. And I know it's the inverse: Batman's Batman's in the mold of them, but uh, Batman is is the, uh, inarguably, the most prominent character of this type. So you know, a, a person who isn't familiar with these pulp characters will look at them and say, "Well, this is just Batman." That kills, but it's it, the opposite is true. Uh, Batman did not come f- first.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. Garth wrote. The, Which, wait, uh, let me think
0: about it. The Shadow came out in what thirty? 30? Yeah,
2: he was because he was because Batman is is a mix between Zorro and and Shadow uh, and Sherlock Holmes. The um, right right. Although it not so much Sherlock Holmes in the early stages, but um, before I forget, Garth was writing the the Shadow. Main series, mine, n- not the year one suffix. That, oh. That's obviously Wagner, but yes, I remember because someone posted on the forum that, that Garth was writing the Shadow, and and that's why well, I remember it. And but but yeah, it was the Shadow's Shadow. first awesome. appearance was
3: uh, in 1930, right? So. so yeah, he predates for sure.
0: But um, I mean, the whole visual aspect of the Spider's really compelling. His two guns. Uh, have laser sights on them underneath the barrel, and it's like a triple laser sight that instead of projecting a single beam, it projects a web, which uh, is that's, kind of, pretty th- neat. that's really cool. And I like that a lot. You know, I like that aspect I you were it, it, visually. Say like
2: the three dot predator, but no.
0: Well, it's not. it's kind of like that,
2: but no. But, well, the web it makes it different, but which is kind of neat. But yeah, if if you, I know what you were when we were twisting about it. You were telling me about the art, so
0: yeah uh which when you think about it how the hell can three laser beams make a spider web you know it's
2: it's it's comics dude
0: yeah i know and that's what's cool about it but um and so visually the the character is very compelling but the art it's posed figures that are run through a Photoshop filter. And some, <laughs> no, really. And know, all the, all the backgrounds are, are, um, Photoshop filtered images of, of cityscapes and stuff. And admittedly, a lot of work went into this to actually pose people and take photographs of them and then bring them in and, and doctor them up with some color. I mean, he, the, the artist goes in and throws, um, you know, color as a contour around some of the figures so he knows his stuff it's Mm -hmm. just that i my eyes see digital and i pull back i mean i could think uh francesco francavilla does a lot of the covers for this book and if francavilla did the interior art this book would be flat out great because the story Mm -hmm. is, is good it's really good and it's and it's a fun story it's um this egyptian girl um Loses her uh, her mother to cancer, comes to America and seeks revenge on you know the establishment, and somehow uses um, the spider's father's company to get this compound that turns people into zombies. And it you know it's fun you know, and she has this whole Egyptian regalia on. And it's visually it's it's neat, but the story is is so much better than the art. The art it just, it, After five issues, I'm like, all right, I'll take a break. I'll read the next ones. I got to issue seven, and I tweeted to David. I said, I can't take anymore. The, doing... the, the art just hurts tapping my out. eyes. I'm done. And um, we're
3: tapping out like the Undertaker yeah. will be tapping out this Sunday <laughs> do, do, do you have to? But
2: see,
0: <laughs> but, and, and,
2: and how, how how Vince feels about the spider... That's kind of how I felt about Green Hornet. I thought Wade's story was was really good, really strong. I wasn't I wasn't feeling the art as much as Vince was. Oh,
0: I, I really liked the art.
2: I think I liked the art more in in Shadow Year One than I liked in Green Hornet, and it was it was just it was it told the story, but he's um it's 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 that the art is in that mold of um. Braithwaite. I'm I'm going yeah, but just a little bit more detail. Like I'm going to show every wrinkle and every fold and every crease in this pair of pants and in every hair on on the head just not to the George Perez extent, but I mean at least with with the Perez you, you know what's going on. This was just it wasn't it wasn't muddy or it wasn't a mess. It was just it, it he could have reined it in a little bit, I felt.
0: Yeah. I think Indro has a really good handle on body language. I do too. And and the way clothes move in accord to the bodies wearing them. Right. Um, I, I think the the sequences are staged really well. The the fight scenes are are, are, are very good. Um, I, I like the attention to detail. Like it's a period piece, obviously, and he gets the clothing down. He gets the cars and the build and the architecture down. It's just. I, I know the detail. I I I reveled in it. I thought it was really good. But uh, he
3: did the Sherlock Holmes uh, year one. Oh him, yeah, for Dynamite. Yeah, I, I read that. Okay.
0: See, that's the one I would not read. Sherlock Holmes does nothing for me.
3: <laughs> well, I, I love cute. Sherlock Holmes. I, yeah, what, <laughs> could we
0: be any different in that respect? <laughs> no. I, I like all of them, but Sherlock Holmes.
3: I do you like all but of them, but Sherlock Green Hornet? Grouped in with the those the rest of those characters.
0: Yeah, well, Holmes doesn't really belong. He's no. He wasn't a pulp character.
3: Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah.
0: But, uh, you know, I, I got to eat a little bit of crow and apologize a little bit to Dynamite for pooping on them for, for so long. They they get it half right in, in a lot of their stuff.
2: hmm Yeah.
0: I, I really wanted to it's, love it the, the spider. It's
2: just sometimes the execution, not so
0: much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, hey... Uh, two books that I read, two books were were hits. Both the the Shadow Year one and the Green Hornet number one. With me, anyway, they 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 hit hit big. I'm gonna stick with them.
3: Nice, yeah. That's all you can ask for. Rock on. Yeah, let's get a couple think, of I think, tweets because I've been there's a couple that are con related and uh, yeah, I saw a wrestling one just come hold in. On a all right, cool. Well, hold on, all right,
2: then I'll, I'll I'll go after we get some tweets. Then
3: all right, let's see. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Hold on a second. There's been too many now. See, we've been waiting all, all on. Uh, Hold on a second here, people.
2: The see, some
3: of these uh, here, a future reference for those people that do live tweet. If you live tweet something that clearly indicates you haven't listened to the show in the last couple weeks, probably not going to ask the question. There, Robert, you're brutal, man. Well, honestly. Okay, um, let me see. Here, let me get back to it. This is great radio. Hold on. <laughs> radio uh, can you hear me now you're better one <laughs> better two. Oh, here you go this is good uh Mr. uh Jay Riston can you discuss some general con etiquette in preparation for C2E2 bathe but that is very legitimate like I know you're saying that and people think we're, you're kidding but
2: no you are in a you are in a group you are in an area with a lot of people it will probably be warm um just be, be aware, be conscious of of you know. Just, just it really does. I mean, I know it, it it gets to be a little bit jokey after a while, and it's like oh hygiene, but it it really just does. I mean, if you're in an elevator with a bunch of people, if you're walking down an aisle with a bunch of people, just just be aware. But as far as everything else, um, I. I just tend to... I, I think of it like... It's kind of like the mall mentality. I don't... I try not to stop in the middle of an aisle or or stop somewhere where there's a bunch of people walking behind me and... and um.
0: Don't treat women cosplayers like splayed slabs of meat and you're a very hungry Wolverine. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a thread well, like that right, on our so, forum.
3: Yeah. If people have never gone to a con before, they, they probably think we're still kidding. We really aren't kidding. Like... Unfortunately, they are very crowded, uh, especially the big ones, C2E2 Inclusive. Um, Again, I don't want hate mail, but I think it's fair to say that our collective fandom is not the most physically fit group in the aggregate. Oh, boy. No, it's true. And as a result, I think, to David's point, body odor and sweating happen. And it does marvel me every time we're at a con, the funk. I mean, I don't understand. Like, like I, I guess I've never understood how someone could. I kind of dig it. You
2: I'd rather I'd rather breathe in the air at Grand Central <laughs> yeah. than, than 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 at a convention at times. Absolutely.
3: But, yeah, I think, but I think in terms of etiquette, I mean, a couple things. Number one, uh, it's sort of the golden rule. You know, it's going to be crowded. You're probably going to have moments where you're tired, especially as the day goes on. Just be polite. You know. Um, don't be that douche who, you know, barrels through somebody cause they're, you know, you're trying to get through, but, you know, say, excuse me, be a little patient. I, I'm, I'm a fast walker, so it's hard for me at cons to kind of stand and move at snail's pace, but you have to keep telling yourself it's, you know, you're kind of part of a collective conscience at these things. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time hanging out in artist alley and uh, I do think they Oh boy. What Vince? You got cut off. A little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, where did I get cut off?
0: Uh, last five words.
3: Oh, when I was saying Artist Alley? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, I was saying that, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time at Artist Alley. Oh, my God. I, did I get cut off again?
0: <laughs> yes. No. Oh, I didn't hear it.
3: I did. Okay. All right. Oh, baffled. All right. Let me try one last time. <laughs> um,. In Artist Alley, there are some etiquette tips, especially if you're trying to approach artists. Um, It's definitely okay to, like, browse an artist's table. They want you to, but don't – and you don't have to feel compelled to buy anything, but don't, like, not say hi to them. Like, that happens to artists all the time. Like, people walk up and they stare at their stuff and they don't even, like, say hello. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, they're they're human beings. They – Engage them, say hello. <laughs> you know, like I know a lot of people try and avoid that because they're worried that they're going to be given a hard sell, or you know maybe be, feel compelled to purchase something. But but really, that's that's not the case. It's just courtesy. Um, you know, if you want artwork, you you especially at a big con like this, you're going to need to get on lists, and you're going to have to go early to do so. Some each artist is different, so don't get frustrated. Some artists take pre-orders. And frankly, may not have a list at the show because they're already full up. Um, most artists don't take pre-orders. And so they take signups um, at the show first come first serve. But the, you know, there, that's the trick is you, you got to get to them quickly. So kind of prioritize, you know, know who you want to get sketches from. Um, uh, and, and, you know, don't be afraid to ask to get on a list, but, but if, if, Especially if it's not the beginning of Friday, if, if they say, sorry, I'm full, you know, don't, don't get pissy with them or like get mad. I mean, that's, this is, you know, they, they have a, a limit physically in terms of the number of sketches they can do in a weekend. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, again, there's, there's no ill will there. It's, I can understand being disappointed. Lord knows how many times I've been nagged by Jim Chung to know that it can be disappointing, but, but it's just, you know, it's not something to get mad about. You just, just move on and, and, you know, just deal with it. Um, I don't know what else. So there you go. See, this is the magic of podcasting.
0: You don't know it, but in the space between that sentence you just heard and the one you're hearing right now, here's m- me being pretentious. Like a single twitch of your tympanic membrane later, and it's <laughs> a second for you, twenty four hours for us.
2: Yeah, baby. That's
0: I love stuff like that. That's, Feels like yeah, I'm talking baby. to you guys
2: all day,
0: right? And they are in the same moment, the same sentence. Boom. Nothing has changed for them. Everything has changed for us. To answer Jason's question about con etiquette, uh, I think it's a, a, a little bit about respect, right? If you approach somebody, a, a creator or creators, and they have their wares stacked all up in front of their, their little booth here, don't linger. Like Look through their books, and you could tell in about three to five minutes whether you like them or not. Probably faster than that, but I'm, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Don't. Stand in front of the booth and go page by page by page, and in effect, read their book. Put it down and walk away. That's rude. Don't do it. And this is the thing that gets me all the time. If you are going to see a specific creator and you bring books for them to sign, do not bring an entire run of books. Yes, mm. drives Amen. me. Not seriously. What is the difference between a single book signed by, say? Um, Claremont Burn or the entire Claremont Burn run. There's no difference,
3: right? You know, so- and on that front, like hmm. f- for creators out there that may be listening, like it works on their end too. Yeah, I mean, like some creators are like, we'll s- literally there could be a line of twenty guys in li- or people in line for them. And like you said, Vince, someone will bring up a hundred books in a row and they'll ask them to sign, and they'll just sit there and sign them. The a lot of artists that I think do it right is. Ideally, I would, if I were an artist, a creator, I would say, listen, you know, I'll I'll sign five things for you. Anything above that, you got to donate a buck per item to the, you know, to a charity, right? Or something. But, but like, at a minimum, like, I, I, I've seen, like, um, I was in line for, uh, Mark Buckingham on, at one New York Comic Con, and he had a huge line. And just like you're saying, there were these, all these dudes, and the one dude had, like, every issue of Fables to sign. And, uh, to Buckingham's credit, he said, you know what? I'll be happy to sign these for you, but I'll sign them as I, for anyone that's in the line that only has one or two things for me to sign, I'm going to have them come up first and I'll sign yours after. And so he just would sign a couple of the guy's books and then be like, all right, hold on. And he, who has any, you know, and then so it, it made it go so much faster. And, you know, the guy that had the hundred books got him signed, but he had to wait, you know, which is only fair. I mean, he had, you know, he, he was he was getting a few signed and then waiting, but, you know, the, I just think that's the smart way to do it, but yeah. but I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But no, you I just, didn't
0: interrupt me. You added. Uh, yeah. I would compound that too. I would make the donation. Uh, what's the word? Multiplicative. Like say, the, for the for anything after two books, you pay me a buck. If it's ten books, you pay me five bucks. If it's fifteen books, you give me twenty bucks for the 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 charity, and so on. That'll kind of dissuade mm. people from going up there with those little push carts that they have when the guys yeah. bring their boxes to the show, right. like dude seriously i don't understand the the prestige behind having a whole run sign it's 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 excessive it's 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 just well it's it's a a symptom of the whole uh kind of mindset of this stupid country but what are you going to do i'm getting distracted um and what else what else david do you have any con etiquette
2: bits uh no i mean i think I, we um I think kind of covered everything the 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 hygiene the be courteous the the be aware of your surroundings the um the just Ooh. well another one is is uh this mostly pertains to cosplayers
3: <laughs> but they're no but they're not alone um it's really exciting and I know people want to take photos and get memories, but again, these are really crowded rooms, so just step off to the side for your photo yes. you know or or right um it just, again, I mean, I'm not suggesting, like, yeah, if you're getting a photo with a creator at his table, that's understandable. Like, that's perfectly fine. But if you're just with a bunch of buddies or with a, co- you know, a cosplayer and you want a photo, don't stop in the middle of the crowded row. Just step over to one of the less crowded aisles and then take the photo. Like, that's just courteous, again, because you're blocking dozens of people while you're getting your photo. Well, I'm and still
0: that- convinced my cosplay track is the way to go. Me- yeah. Remember when I said the cosplay track? Oh, have right. a, have yeah. a little roped-off track that goes in, entirely around the whole um, con enclosure and just have your cosplayers just parade. I mean, they're in a, life is a parade for them anyway, right? They're there to, to display themselves. Why not just do it in an orderly fashion all the way around the con? Right. Have a track.
3: Makes sense. Yeah.
0: And then, then they're, they're not interrupting anyone. Yeah, I like Ex- it. Except those two ends that people have to cross to get wherever they're going. Yeah, maybe. But otherwise, they're out of the way. -hmm. And then you have you can have the nude section in the back. All nude. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. In the back. All right. So what do we got? Um. David wanted to talk about something. Yeah, didn't
2: didn't he? Yeah. There was. Um. I. I, This is. Uh. This was a gift from Hassan, and and it ties into. Um. Our. Shadow. Year one talk because it's also written. By Matt Wagner, hmm. uh, this is um, this is a not so little ditty because uh, it's about seventy six pages long from Comixology. It's only volume one. It's the Tower Chronicles. Oh, Bisley, right? Oh. It's with inks. Uh,
0: ah, damn it! You're breaking up.
3: You're breaking up, brother. Yeah.
0: No.
2: Said no. Oh wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. For some reason, I I keep kind of dropping out. So when you said I was breaking up before, that happened right before I was getting a message in Yahoo, and that just happened again now when you said I was breaking up.
0: Turn off that Yahoo. I, I can't. I got two more pics. Oh, I get it. Why are they blowing off fireworks? Is this
2: stupid? Chinese New Year.
0: I don't know. There's fireworks going on outside.
2: Hmm. Uh, so the the um, it's it's gorgeous. The book is absolutely gorgeous. It's got it's it's you could tell it's Bisley, but it's not it's not Lobo or or Dread and Batman Bisley. It's it's um it's smoother. It's it's more polished and that's because of Rodney Ramos and probably because of the colors. The colors are outstanding. Um colors are by Ryan Brown, but not the Ryan Brown from God Hates Astronauts. Because his his Brown ends in an E, right? Yes. Yeah, this is just Ryan Brown standard, like the color. Um it's uh it it kind of feels a little bit to me. Some of the art reminds me of Weck. It's got that Will Eldler Harvey Kurtzman kind of looks of like like Get little bit yeah it's just it's just the way some of the characters are are um just their outline just the way that they they're on on the page it um it it makes me think that
0: you know it, Bisley turned 51 I think it was either today or yesterday
2: oh is that right yep he's a machine the dude is huge that is Lobo
0: he's I a, know
2: he's a life-size Lobo um I, I had my last pick going on in like in, in like a few seconds, and then I'm done, and then I can close the draft window. But, um, the, uh, I said, the, 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 I am, I am, I'm pretty. All right, that's it, that's my team. Um, colors are amazing. The, the book is a little graphic. There, um, there are basically the book is, is about John Tower. John Tower, um, he is, well, this is actually the inside of, of the book. Uh, these are the adventures of John Tower, a supernatural bounty hunter haunted by a grim and secretive past, one that compels him to do battle with the evil that lies just beyond the realm of reality, seeking answers to the puzzles that plague his own existence. He travels the world and delves into the darkest recesses of humanity's most dangerous places to banish legions of poltergeists, demons, and other unfathomable Monstrosities determined to free his troubled patrons from their tormentors ethereal grasp. It's, um, it, so it's, he's a supernatural bounty hunter and, and he, uh, the first time we meet him, he's actually chasing someone who is possessed, uh, and this huge giant owl, uh, emerges from the woman's mouth and and it's just it, it it you it's not like there's there's blood and gore and everything spewing but i mean just just seeing it come out of her mouth is like you kind of have to turn away if you were if you saw it in a film it's um but it is it's there there are russians there there's the fbi um and the fbi is basically the one fbi agent is a blonde woman with a slamming body and she's right up vince's alley she's got the yoga pants <laughs> on uh she, she's got the little little tiny blazer and and there's a scene where she's in a field with john tower she draws her gun and because you're looking at it from over her shoulder you're you're facing she's facing away from you um yeah. it's it's one of those little busly things where uh the pants are sagging a little bit, so you see the top of her butt crack nice yeah are uh, those, those <laughs> just little touches that I know that that Bisley does on a little fan service that's it um service. so so eventually I figure this first story uh the um the ah crap um this is uh guys talk it's it's the first book it it will be told in four volumes um the books are from comicsology 799. This is this is from legendary the 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 publishing company who which is a movie studio first. Uh it's um it is one of those I I need to read the next book. I I will probably see the FBI agent naked before it's done cuz they're they show up at a strip club in one scene so there are boobs. Uh this this isn't an all ages book uh it's it it in to a degree it's kind of timeless because it's not like they're um it's steeped in with technology or they're referencing like current events uh but it's the the art is kind of what's selling me on this as much as i i i love wagner and and i i kind of dig all the characters uh it's Bisley's larger than life art with the three to five panels per page. Uh, it's, um, it's just, it's, uh, my notes were like 76 pages of awesome. It, it is a, I want to continue this. This wasn't like, I have to thank Hassan. It was just, it was, it was a, I am quite happy to have read this. It was something that was on my radar when, when I knew that, that Wagner was going to do work for uh for legendary i was looking forward to this to at least checking this out and i I downloaded the preview from comiXology first um and and i really dug it and before i could go in and buy the issue um hassan sent it to me and it is it's i i definitely recommend it it was going to be my in your travels but since i i didn't it was mostly me tag teaming Eiffel Tower with, with Vince. It wasn't, um,
1: <laughs>
2: it wasn't a whole lot for me to say this week. So I just, I, I really need to, to hammer home that I, I recommend the Tower Chronicles. I, um, I'm pretty sure the second volume is out. I don't know how long. I don't know what the lead time was. I don't know how long it takes Bisley to do this or, and, and Ramos and, uh, and Brown. I don't know if, um, if he's only doing the first four books, if he's on a because there is there is an end in sight. It's it's um there are there are so many stories they're going to tell with this character, and I guess in groups of four. Um but it's it seems to be an investment because at eight bucks a pop. Although they you they are giving you a lot for your money because there's a lot you can't busy is you I, your
0: figure by the time the story's over you're gonna have at least two hundred and oh two hundred and eighty pages, right?
2: Yeah, you figure almost eighty pages a story yeah eighty pages a book, four books, yeah over over yeah so it's it's just uh that's, that's three twenty, but you're not it's a you're, lot of book, yo it is a lot of book, and it's i I know that you know you can when I read saga and it's it's beautiful and and fiona's art is amazing, and then you look at her backgrounds of of wherever whether they're on the ship or they're on the planet and and the way she kind of paints those backgrounds. There, the backgrounds are there. You 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 know that these people are that they exist in on these pages, but Bisley is is drawing these these backgrounds. Whether it's it's a um whether he's whether Tower is in a laboratory looking for a ghost, um and and the science is kind of there too. When when he has to um when he's solving some of these. I don't want to call them crimes, but when he's solving these cases, they some of those things kind of like touch on that, like signs that you'd see on Fringe. Um, but it's it's there is just so much detail on the page between Bisley and Ramos' line work and Brown's colors. It is just it it is a beautiful it's it's eye candy. I am mm-hmm. just I I really am an all for it. this. This will probably if if I can continue reading guys talk and and get to the end of it it will probably find its way somewhere on on the 11 o'clockers it is it's just it's gorgeous i dig it wow it's high praise it is very
0: cool i'm gonna have to get my
2: hands on that i think you will
3: cool even though i um even though i surprised vince by saying how much i enjoyed the uh the uh, anthology even though I guess some of the reviews weren't as, as robust as, as what I thought of it, um, there was a comic that I was really looking forward to that I unfortunately didn't end up liking as much as I had hoped.
0: What um, was that, Jason?
3: Well, and that is a Kickstarter, actually, that uh a rather high profile one, which is um Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray, the I think fair to say, very talented and, and uh productive writing team. Um they, they did a Kickstarter some time ago for a book called Sex and Violence, and it was basically a 68-page a, a uh, book that they were um, splitting up. So uh, Justin was writing uh, one story, uh, and then Jimmy was writing a story, so they were just kind of doing their separate thing. Um, and... It was, um, I forget how much the Kickstarter was. I only, I, I put in very little. I just put in about, get the, uh, PDF version of it. So, or the, uh, rather the, uh, CP, you know, you could choose your format, but the digital version of it. Um, and I had high hopes because, you know, those guys have liked a lot of what they've, they've done. And, um, as I think they've, you know, Paul Miotti's done some, you know, some great naughty comics before. So there's precedent. So I really thought this was going to be the bomb. And it starts off well because, um, the cover, is a beautiful Amanda Connor cover. Uh, and for those that don't know, Jim, um, Jimmy Palmiati and Amanda Connor are a long, long-time couple. So that's why you see her working on his stuff a lot. But um, the cover is a short-haired blonde girl in black leather pants, topless, firing a gun, and she's carrying uh, over her shoulder like she's rescuing uh, a long-haired brunette, totally naked girl. Uh, so the, the cover's awesome. And I saw the cover and I was like, oh boy, this is gonna be the bomb. Um and the first story, which is called Pornland, um Oregon, Pornland, Oregon, uh, was pretty good. It it, it was the one written by uh Justin. Uh and it was uh art by uh Jimmy Broxton. And it's basically very from a, an artistic standpoint, it's very evocative um of let's say um what you'd see from uh something in the the criminal camp you know like a Sean Phillips type of look it's you know kind of like noirish realistic but uh you know fairly good detail um kind of in that like the Matthew Southworth kind of mold from um, um oh god what's the name of that book that he he did with uh, um of that book David he did with uh with, with uh, uh what the hell's the name of the book? Uh, I'm I'm showing I'm a total blank. Uh, Rucka, the book that R- Rucka did. Uh, Stumptown. Yeah, Stumptown. Right? Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I know. Sorry, Jesus. Uh, um, I so, love it so, when you blank because it I happens know, right?
0: so infrequently.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the 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 first story looks incredible, and I, again, I thought it was pretty good. It uh, it's a story of a an older man that's uh, you know cut from the kind of noir cloth. He's clearly a guy that's had a lot of history. He's an assassin, but he's largely retired. But uh some people mess up his family pretty badly. So of course he goes to get revenge and it's a revenge tale. Um, but there is lots of very erotic sex and there's lots of violence and it kind of fit the bill, right? So what you're expecting, I thought it was quite good and would easily fit into, you know, if, uh if, if Baker and Phillips ever did a, uh um, a criminal like anthology where they had other people do little tales of the world, this would have fit perfectly in that. So I, I was like, okay, now, you know, this is great. And then the wheels totally fall off, in my opinion, with um, with Jimmy's story. Um, the the second story is called "Girl in the Storm," and it's a much more like sophomoric look at sex and violence. Like the sex is is more like it's it's just more over the top. Like the main character is a short, blonde-haired cop, and she's just sexually frustrated. But I mean, it's uh, it, it's almost like Japanese in its uh you know in its way it's displaying it like and all of a sudden she just gets overwhelmed she starts you know masturbating or um you know she can't help but like start fantasizing about like screwing some guy that she's talking to and it's it's it, it's just it was after the strong start, the second book just didn't really the second story just didn't really work for me and it may have i mean while the story i don't think held up as well, I think the real the real sort of letdown is the art. Which was by a guy named Juan Santa Cruz. It's just really over-rendered, and it's really Vince. You would I I have to think this is kind of art that you would detest. It's it's <laughs> it's purely um like like uh like digital. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just digital tools, and it uh, it's just just really dark lines that you could see. He used to outline the characters, and just everything's just oversized, and the coloring is very much like that almost late nineties coloring where you know, it's digital and it just doesn't have a lot of blending to it. So it's just, it, 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 the art in, in in that story looked like, frankly, the art that you would see on a lot of Kickstarter campaigns that don't get funded. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm talking about? How there's that, like, it's that kind of art that you know is done digitally and you could see that there's some hint of, of, of ability there, but they just haven't refined their craft enough yet. And it, it really looked kind of generic. And, um, it just really surprised me, because I, I I just feel like Justin and Jimmy have a have a long history of having great artistic partners, so I can't really recommend it. I mean, I think you can buy the book on Comicsology or at least through their site, and uh, I, I can't really recommend it because I also, although I didn't go back and double check, I felt like um, Jimmy's story was was significantly shorter than than uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Justin's story, which I enjoyed, was significantly shorter than Jimmy's. On top of it, so like it's like one third I dug two thirds, I didn't, so kind of a bummer, you know, I just figured like they were a no it was a no brainer Kickstarter, I figured because it was such proven creators, you know, but Sylvie. So
0: that's what happens, yeah, yeah, I pulled back from the Kickstarter a lot i'm I'm funding very few things,
3: well, you funded tome,
0: yeah, it's because it's i mean, how could you not fund it? that thing is huge and gorgeous and But, I mean, there have been a lot that have come through that I haven't kicked in. You know, one reason, because of C2E2. I was kind of trying to to keep it close to the vest for that. Mm -hmm. But uh, you'll have that. All right. Let's wrap this baby up. Let's do our In Your Travels, because this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been sponsored by who? Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. In the time between I originally introduced this mess and right now, the specials have been posted. They have, yes. Yes, they have. And, David, get this. Remember the – well, you don't have to remember because I know you do uh, – the New Wave book from Fanagraphics that uh, uh, Hillary gave you? Yes. Fanagraphics is publishing a sequel – no. of sorts a companion volume called the treasury of mini comics in the same physical shape and size as the previous volume it has a ron reach cover it lists for 26.99 but if you are a dcbs customer you will get it for 50 percent off $13.49 and the thing goes for like 5 600 pages it's going to be huge like the previous spot well huge in page count not in size because they are mini comics and um let's see i'll read the little uh description for you because this is impromptu. Inspired by the unexpected hit New Wave, the underground mini-comics of the 1980s, the treasury of mini-comics charts the evolution of mini-comics over four decades. This first volume, which means they are planning more, will collect some of the best work by some of the most creative do-it-yourself creators in the world. From bodily function humor to emo style poetry, many comics creators have been uninhibited in their efforts to strive for something fresh, raw, and vital. It doesn't list the page count, but it does in the previews, but it's really thick. So get it at half price at discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. And Remember about that Appleseed show? It's creeping up. April? Oh no, May eleventh. Midwest Best Comic Book Conventions. The Appleseed Show, hosted in the very town where Johnny Appleseed's corpse was laid to rest, and the very town that Gray Morrow hails from, Fort Wayne, <clears throat> Indiana. Uh, featuring over a 100 creators and is a show dedicated to comics, comics and more comics and the community that supports them. Come and hang out with creators like Mike Norton, Tom Scholey, Ryan Brown with an E and more. $10 gets you in buying your ticket in advance guarantees you an exclusive that means you can't get anywhere else 11 by 17 print by artist supreme Dave Wachter check the guest list uh, announcements, purchase tickets and more at AppleseedCon.com do it and in your travels the man that created this wonderful slice of decadence is back Garth Ennis as of issue number 25 is back on crossed <laughs> oh, nice. Issues 25 and 26 have come out. Uh, in issue 25, you can uh, feast your eyes upon a scene featuring a weirdo's type Ennsville Eddie helmeted dwarf type character anally fisting a huge corpulent pig woman. <laughs> it is, and he's got no pants on and a leather jacket. But I gotta say, for crossed and especially for garth ennis it's almost understated he it's like he's holding back it's it's somewhat tastefully done there there is uh, knowing garth ennis and being familiar with his work right there is a huge component that relies on history uh as garth is a is a, is a huge history buff so there there's a, a very rich uh, historical component to it, but there's carnage. But as far as cross goes, it's kind of restrained. I, I'm come on, Garth, pull your pants down. Uh-huh. Let's get going. <laughs> it's crossed, but uh, I, I implore you to buy it. It's really good stuff. Uh, cross 25 and 26, and it's drawn by one of my favorite artists, Raul Caceres. I love this guy, love him. Take it away.
2: Awesome. Uh, I am going to. There's two things. Uh, one is speaking of Kickstarter. There's one thing I'm I'm looking at. Uh, I have it set to remind me. It is Dracula, Son of the Dragon. It is written uh by Mark Sable, and it is illustrated by Sea of Red artist Saul Good Sam.
0: Nice. I love Saul Good Sam. Love him. Yeah.
2: There's yes sir. just just the little previews that they're showing in this campaign so good it, it is so good it is slamming it is uh it is on its way it it's it's got about two weeks to go so um get over there they're not they're they're not funded yet but uh i I am probably based on some of the uh the tiers. i'm i'm there's one or two that I'm definitely Looking into myself, uh, I. Do they
0: offer a hardcover?
2: There is. Let's see. Four. Da, da 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 da. Um. Black and white edition. Black and white ash can for twenty six dollars. Uh, because I don't know if it's coming from Canada. Forty dollars gets you the Blood Trade first run color edition, and digital subscription. Because what he's also including with this, I believe uh are the uh six digital issues of Revolver Quarterly. Oh. So yeah, so I mean you're not just getting the Dracula Son of the Dragon book. So that's what I'm saying. That these tiers look pretty interesting. Huh. Uh have you
0: ever seen Sawgood's uh Ghost Rider twenty ninety nine that he did? I don't it think it was I did. never published. That's probably A- why I didn't And know. it was awesome. Uh I think it's it's either on his site or Google saw Good Sam and Ghost Rider and you'll see the pages are really really cool. I will. Yeah.
2: Uh so in your travels go to ryanestrada.com and you can get yourself some free digital comics. Uh short comics, longer comics, even have some movies. Uh he's got a lot of his work available on um, on this site, some couple of things you might have already seen in the whole story uh, campaigns, but this is just Ryan's work, and it is. Um,
0: how does actually, he do it?
2: I I think I'm going to read Chillin' Like Villains uh, He's a for beast next dude. week. No,
0: how does he do it? Seriously, it's it's,
2: it's insane. It's insane.
0: Well, that's so my kind of, of crazy.
2: So, so, so go get yourself some some free comics in your travels.
0: Yep. Uh,
3: before we go. Again, a little bit of the, uh, I guess the, uh, the, in this case, the, uh, the benefit of, of our 24 hour juxtaposition. Uh, shout out to, uh, well, to two people really that passed. Uh, one, uh, not really a comics guy, but I think someone that, uh, anyone that's into, uh, pop culture of any kind or media certainly give a shout out. That's Roger Ebert, who passed away today after, uh, a, a long, long bout with cancer. And, uh, and then, on a a much more direct comics-related note. Um, Rest in peace to Mr. Carmine Infantino.
0: What? When?
3: Today. He he passed away today. Where the
0: hell was I? I didn't see that. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, He was was 87. 87. Oh, my God. Somebody uh, call Tom. He knows. Yeah, I know. He knows.
0: So, you know, Carmine,
3: obviously, I would hope we don't need to go into his career. He's one of the most influential creators and editors and uh, just comic book people uh, really of, of it's fair to say in in the history of comics. Yep. You know, I mean, he he might not have been on my Mount Rushmore in terms of the top four, but he'd certainly be in a you know a top ten list, I think, in most people's cases. Yeah. In terms of his influence. So um so yeah, it's, I mean, he was 87. At by most accounts of people that knew him, he lived a good life, and uh, so we wish him well. But but uh, you know, but but take a moment this week and uh, maybe read a little something that he did back in the day. You know, just to uh, remind yourself of of the man. But uh,
0: Flash, Star Wars.
3: Definitely, yeah. In in your travels, um, I think I found a comic that uh, it's only been one issue, but maybe this year's Saga for me. Oh? The book that, much like Saga, is coming out from Image. Much like Saga is written by a man who I already knew was an excellent writer. Much like Saga is also written by a man who has a history of being able to execute very detailed and complex long form stories. Uh and much like saga drawn by an artist who I also had prior experience with and knew I would be getting uh joyous illustration. And um that is uh East of West. Knew it. You knew it? Yeah knew it. Yeah. Um look I, I'm an unabashed Hickman fan, so it's written by Hickman. This is uh he's been on a after kind of going all in with Marvel for a few years, he's he's back on a creator her own tear, and this is his next foray. And it's 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 by Hickman. It's uh, art is by Nick Tregoda. Uh Russ Russ Wooten on letters. Woot woot woot. Um, it's a 350 book, and I just was was blown away. Um, it, it's so layered. First of all, it's beautiful. I mean, it, it's it's absolutely stunning. Dragota gets to again. I, I I think the comparison to the Saga is very apropos because much like it. Um, this is a showcase for Dragota because there's not a lot of rules in place. He's creating an alternate world. Um, this, this world basically diverges from our world around the time of the U.S. Civil War. And it takes place, well, it, it does some time shifting, but, but the, the majority of the story, I think going forward is going to take place in 2064. And in this world, there are seven independent states of America and it's, not only is it set in the future and is divided, but it allows, I mean, Drakota was able to draw just breathtaking scenery uh, that, you know, buildings, futuristic vehicles, characters of different races, uh, different types of humanoid. It's, it's just, it's a stunning book. Um, you can see he, he had a lot of creative freedom to just run wild with it. And the coloring is fantastic uh, by um, uh, Frank Martin. And it, it this, at its core, like the elevator pitch for this book would be Hickman's take on the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. But I think with most things Hickman, it would be really unfair to just characterize it that way because um, this is clearly – I don't know if he's gone on record yet. Maybe if any listeners know, they can pop in the forum and tell us. I don't know if he's gone on record how long he intends this this series to run, but it's pretty evident that he's got a lot of layers that he's building into – um, including, uh, the, the ant, I guess the antagonist, but the, what looks to be the star of the book is one of the horsemen. I won't say which one. And, uh, he's gone rogue from the, the other three. And they're not happy about that. Um, the book's kind of got like a, uh, a, a neo-Western vibe to it. In that, like, they're, they're, it's almost like they're like the Wild West, but in the future. Um, so he, he, this horseman's riding, like a mechanical horse and he's got sidekicks, one of which looks like a, just a giant like professional wrestling sized native American, but, but he's like chalk white skinned. Um, and then there's this beautiful, uh, like, 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 uh, midnight black. Uh, I don't know if she's an alien or not, but, but like humanoid, that's his other sidekick and she's deadly. Um, and yeah, it's just, we're introduced to the political landscape how the world got to the way it is. There's, uh, there's a lot of, again, political and quasi religious undertones going on. It's a very violent first issue, sets up a lot of things that just are making me dying to keep going. So, uh, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm calling my shot here. I think when the dust settles on 2013, this is going to be the book that I'm like, that's just, that I'm just raving about. So, mm.
0: cool. I'll do you we'll have to check it out?
3: It's, dude, it's, it's gorgeous. It's so, it's beautiful. Nice. Yeah.
2: Since it is 24 hours later, I have a thank you. Ooh, oh, nice. Uh, I need to thank Mr. Backwards Dave. Yep. Oh, so, so say we all. Me too. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got home today. Uh, Renee handed me the mail, ripped open this envelope. No idea what was in it until I started sliding the papers out. And it is, um, it's, it's my entry of the, uh, of the low concept oh hotmu page uh along with so it, it's it's the copy of the page in the book and some of the sketches he did and uh and there is an awesome looking uh hunter rose in a suit with the mask and the fort and it is it's 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 massive it's i i gotta find a frame for it it is it's a lot. Bigger than I expected, but it is. It's, it's black on black, like, paper. It just, I, there are no words. It's, it's gorgeous. I am stunned. Thank you.
0: Brother, the dude did mine on scratchboard.
3: I think that's what mine's on. Yeah. How would I know if that's the case? I'm sorry. I'm not a,
0: um, it's a subtractive medium, you go in and scratch it off and the only way to really tell, I mean you could tell by feeling it if you've used it before but oh, if, well, you, if you be... haven't, the only way to really tell is to scratch your nail on it which you'll ruin it. So, I was afraid yeah, of it. Yeah, I was,
2: like, oh, just this I not, was afraid uh, it was charcoal. That's I'm, why I was afraid of it first.
0: No, I'm pretty sure. Let me get mine out.
3: Mine's definitely not. Mine is is, is, is ink and marker on a,
2: okay. a white paper.
0: Well, it could be.
2: It. That's all the way over there. I can't get it. Damn it
0: no you're right well no there no there mine has a a texture to it like when you're running, yeah. when you run your hand over the 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 white quote lines, it feels you can feel they are they're, they're debossed like they're they're incised into the right. paper, so I'm guessing this is scratchboard it's real thin scratchboard but it it is yeah
3: and and we should also say that not only are these uh these the original images that he drew of each of us as superheroes, but it's coinciding with uh the Ohatmu style biographies he wrote for each of us. So yes. I mean it's not only is it an awesome piece of art, but it's a wildly creative uh little look into what we would be if we were in Ohatmu, and you guys know how much I adore Ohatmu, so this yes. is like a dream come true. This is pretty crazy.
0: I don't know, I'm torn. What? I'm still looking at the he may have used white ink. I could he may have.
2: I I yeah, I'll if, I'll look If my, you use a
0: rapidograph it's going to make a, a mark in the paper. Right. Similarly. So I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to I'm I'm going to I'm going to say white ink. Okay. But it's still impressive as hell. Oh, either, yes. either way, white ink is just like you doing scratchboard anyway.
3: So no doubt, and
0: I got a Cthulhu.
2: Yeah, you did. Yes, you did.
0: I did. Love it. I'm gonna frame it. Love it. Sleep with it. I got a confession. Hmm. I did my DCBS order today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm 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 a little upset, but it was a necessary cut. I dropped the Bongo books.
3: <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah. Mean,
3: uh, why was it? You mean because you your order was too big?
0: I'm trying to keep it at a certain level. And I I really enjoy the Bongo books, but they're middle to bottom of the pile, every, every order. It's like when I get to them, I get to them. But when I do read them, I enjoy them. But it's not a pre- – like as soon as I open the box, the crossed comes out, the um, Night of the Living Dead, Aftermath <sighs> – then I grab the Sonic books. You know what I mean. Like I have a an agenda, depending on right, whether right. or not some special collection is in there. I'll always read that first. But by the time I get to the Simpsons books and and uh, Futurama, I have a good time with them. But and I and I have the entire run of all of them. But I don't really need them. Well, I mean, there's they're they're good. But you can't say there's anything new in The Simpsons. I mean, the stories are—they are, all take place, you know, same location and roughly the same characters, and it, they're good, but they're not good enough to, to to keep. So what I did was, I took the dollar amount from the uh, Bongo Comics and I shifted it. To uh, in the books and magazine section, you know how that, uh, and I'm I'm drawing a blank. That one company that publishes the Doc Savage and the Shadow uh, pulp facsimile editions. Like you'll get two two novels in each collection, and they go for like ten bucks. And I know that's going to take me at least a week and a half to two weeks to read. So what do I do? Spend ten bucks on Simpson Comics that I may or may not. Get around to reading, or a book that's going to take me two weeks to read that I'm going to read cover to cover. Hmm.
1: See what do I what did? It. Do, brother. I
0: know. I just I'm just trying to get the biggest bang for my dollar. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sorry, but and it's one of those things where I don't have to have a complete run of the I moment I do, but sure. I don't have to have it in perpetuity. So,
3: Vince, have you read
0: Sacrifice? Sacrifice.
3: It's uh, Sam Humphreys' like self-published work from years ago. Who? It's, it's it. <laughs> Who's Sam Humphreys? No, 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 no. Uh...
0: Who? Like, what's the imprint? Is it Sam Humphreys' comics? Like, wh- is there a?
3: I don't know what it was. He he self-published it. It's it's being it's in this month's previews. That's why I ask. Um, Dark Horse is putting out a hardcover of the stuff.
0: <gasps> oh yeah, I saw that. I sk- I skipped over that.
3: But in... it, it seems like it's right up your alley. It's the story of Hector, an epileptic young man. With a fondness for post punk music hurled back in time to play a crucial role in a psychedelic adventure inspired by the Aztec Empire. Mm, how much is it? I don't know. Uh, hold on. It's, um, 50% off. It's 10 bucks mm. for hardcover. Shit, I'm going to have to add it. I'm going to have to get it. Had yeah.
0: Damn it, Jason. <laughs> well, I want to. I want to. Things alert. give
3: me more pleasure than making someone spend more money on comics. I
0: would like to alert you to something else. Uh-oh. Uh oh. <laughs> uh. And if you don't get this, I'm going to be a little cross. Ooh. Yeah. Let me get – I'm going to the other comic section of the DCBS website, and that takes a while to right. load because there's, there's a lot of stuff. Um, let me see. Let me see. Nope. Oh, there's a John Carpenter's Asylum, which is drawn by Leonardo Manco. I love That's Monco. not what you were calling my No, to I that, love right? Monco stuff, though. Um, you know what? It would be just easier to go to my um, my list of books and pull it from there. Stupid me. See, we're prepared here on 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> it's hot. It is hot. Come on. Here we go. It is called... Do, 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 do. The Magic Wind graphic
3: novel. Magic Wind. Magic right. Wind. Read. What's, what's the story?
0: Okay. Well, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't tell you the. It's only seven bucks. It is. It's. It's. It, there's a. It's a decent discount on it, and um, I'm going to do a little search here. Typing <laughs> typing, with, with, typing with my elbows. It, it,
3: oh, wait, with,
2: the, with the size of his hands. Here we go.
3: Magic Wind on Google because it assumes you mean magic wand. And
2: Ooh, it brings oh. up all sorts of vibrators. Nice. Uh, it's a special
0: discount, as Jason said. And it's uh, $12.99 cover price, 45% off. You get it for $7.14. It is written by Gianfranco Manfredi with art by Jose Ortiz. Come on. It's 100 100 pages. A splinter of wood lodged in his brain has wiped out his identity but has given him the power of vision. To the Sioux, he is magic wind because it's the wind that led them to him. But only amidst the ruins of Fort Ghost can he uncover the truth about his past. It's Jose Ortiz. Come on. You got to get it.
3: Looking at it right now, it's gorgeous. It looks really
0: nice, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, definitely. Good call. I, I, I totally missed that when I looked at previews.
0: And it's a collected edition, so you don't have to buy singles. You're getting 100 pages for 7 bucks. Respect. Yes. Excellent. We just traded one.
3: Yeah, we did. Aww. And for those that um, have heard us mention a few times our uh, our mutual affinity for Sonic and Mega Man yeah, yeah. and the upcoming crossover, uh, it, I, it may be too late. I don't know when the sale ends, but Comixology has been running a sale the last few days. On Mega Man and Sonic, yeah,
0: and they're really That's smart. They'll get you extremely caught up. Like these are the issues that end right before the crossover.
3: Yeah. Now I gotta say though, today's the fourth. Ifs it'll go up on the fifth, so it may be over. So my bad to people if it's over. Uh,
0: what was the name of that Dark Horse book?
3: Uh, Sacrifice. Sacrifice. It's right up at the top.
0: And while you're at it, get the second volume of Mike Norton's Battle Pug.
3: That is on my list
0: because it's it's a hardcover and it's only eight
3: ninety nine. Indeedy,
0: that's crazy. You know this. All right, I think we we pimped enough stuff. Stop. Yes. <sighs> also,
3: the Nexus Omnibus <sighs> Volume Three. Oh, wow. yeah,
0: I can't double dip on that. I got, it. I have them all.
3: Well, y'all are cool. You you didn't you you did it originally for me. This is not double dipping.
2: That's true.
0: It's a good way to buy them. Nice big chunks. It is.
3: It's great. I mean, I had read uh, a bunch of the issues, um, you know, already as you know from last year by buying a few of the collected editions. But uh, but these are nice to have on the shelf altogether.
0: That cover to sacrifice is gorgeous.
3: It is. It is. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure this is. They're doing this because Sam Humphries has blown up of late. But uh, but I. It sounds cool, and and I know he's he's capable of some pretty wacky ideas. I mean, he had that book right before he got his Marvel work about the uh, I forget the name of it, but it was the title that was all about uh, people that were in love with animals.
2: Yeah, so, uh, uh, our love is real. Yeah, our love
3: is real. So, yeah. so he's capable of some craziness. Well, and now he's got uh, Phantom X's three different beings. There's an evil Phantom X and then there's a male and a female Phantom X that are hooking up. Yeah. So. That's hot. It is hot. <laughs> Keep it in the family. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Charlie Cluster Seven, right. <laughs> S- especially
2: drawn by uh, Garney and Miki. It, it, it does look mm-hmm. real good.
0: Oh, I read that. Um, what's the Bendis Bakalo X-Men? Okay, the X-Men. I read them. You really? Think? One to three. Yeah. This is
3: the Baccalo art.
0: Yeah, it's pretty.
3: Yeah. It's. I haven't read them yet, so
0: it's a little too talky. But I, I didn't. I I can't say I didn't enjoy it. You know, I liked it a lot. I I liked the fact that all messed up. Yeah. Put that woman in her place. <laughs> yeah.
3: I think the my next thing is I'm gonna um, finishing up uh, the uh, Marvel the Untold Stories got me jonesing to reread um, Morrison's X Men Run Again.
0: Wow, it's a huge undertaking.
3: It is. It is. But he. I mean. You know, there's as it's getting to the modern part. You know, it talks, of, which I know we've talked about on the show, but it, you know, it's got some quotes in there about how you know Morrison was so disgusted at you know the way they sort of like pulled the rug out of him at the end mm-hmm. because of the you know emerging possibility of the movies and stuff, and uh, and uh, not wanting it to be cutting edge anymore, and how he you know basically spent the last arc putting everything back into place and 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 intentionally you know, rolling everything back, even though that wasn't his original intent, just to basically give an F you to everybody before he went to, to DC as an exclusive. And mm-hmm. so I'd love to reread it all now, knowing sort of some of the back, the back story of what he went in trying to do and then what he decided to do at the end instead. So
2: I should try to finish that.
3: You should, I
2: should boy. Jemis was a wacky
3: dude, huh? David a little bit, a little bit. He yeah. started off strong. Like he, it seemed like his first few months on the job, he was killing it. Yeah. But that then I guess it got crack. to him. Yeah. Yeah. But a little bit. <laughs> you know, I totally forgot about Marvel. Like, I remember oh, you look at that time, but I forgot just how incendiary it was. You decide. Dude, can you imagine if they tried to do Marvel today? In, like, today's hyper PC world? Yep. Where dudes that ask one inappropriate question of cosplayers are treated as they're... Sex offenders. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine if Jemis did Marvel today? I mean, they would be calling like for him to go to prison.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the, the worst things out of that era, and I think it was right around the same time as Marville, was the whole uh vote to save Captain Marvel. <laughs> you decide. Yeah. That, that was
3: Marville. It was Marville versus Captain Marvel. Right.
0: And and that that killed me. Let's vote to save one of the best books ever to come out of Marvel. Yeah. You're ridiculous. The, the, well,
3: the, the crazy thing is that uh, it was all prompted by Jemis publicly eviscerating Peter David. I know, saying uh, Peter David's a great writer two two months out of the year,
0: which is ridiculous because it is the, the two chunks of Captain Marvel that that stands up to almost anything that ever well, came out I, of that I, company.
3: I guess i I would love to know. I mean, kudos to David for hanging in there. Like, wouldn't. I would want to like be like f u you and go like right for DC, you know, like, yeah. I mean, that was a pretty public evisceration that he just, he just plowed through it.
0: Class. He's a trooper that Peter David. Yeah, definitely.
3: Definitely. Yep. David, didn't you get the sense having like once you finish this book though, that it kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm much less happy now that like Pearl Motor came away with a billion and a half bucks. Like, in the sense that, I mean, he he ultimately deserved it because he took a chance on the company when it was literally, you know, bankrupt. But, right. But he was such a jag off to everybody and yeah. made it such a not cool place to work and really, really did have zero interest in the comics. Like, just, just didn't, barely saw the value of them. That, I guess, knowing that now in such great detail, I, I almost wish I didn't know it.
2: Yeah, yeah. That sometimes it's... Getting the backstory is one thing, but, yeah, it's the way, I guess. Although since some of the other things were maybe exaggerated or um, – Right. No, no, you're right. You're right. Meh. So, But it, well, it's – yeah.
3: The other thing, too, is like Quesada, I mean, I didn't realize like – he he was pretty adept, dude, politically. Like he, he, he navigated a lot of very tenuous moments in his early years. Yeah, like he's a guy. Actually, where after finishing the book, I came away thinking, like, you know what, Casada deserves all this fortune now. Like he, he freaking came in at a time where he started doing his own thing. Everybody hated him because he, he and Palmiotti were like the, the pretty boys up in the penthouse. Whenever, yeah, you know, but then somehow he managed to parlay all that animosity into being, you know, a really successful EIC. Yeah, for a long time. So that's not easy to do. Like to have everybody hate you and you being the new guy and they think, all think you're privileged and then to be able to parlay that and it, being an effective leader of those same people that's, that's a hard thing to pull off I love Joe <laughs>
0: Cup of Joe you know it. <laughs> high in calories and protein <laughs> all right, everybody. No all sugar. <laughs> remember the joke we made about Joe Cassada and the bucket of chicken what did we say that was back in the bullpen days oh, we were not kind <laughs> not at all
2: you worked, kind. I still
3: love yeah them. see I
0: say we to cover my you own know.
3: ass all I remember though is every time Kasada came up on bullpen uh, Vince you would you would immediately go into or you would say something to ask about him but then you Karen Page no but then you'd, you'd you'd roll back and mention what a great artist he was and I always talk about Ninjak Asriel. I do Ninja. love the ninjack, yeah
0: yeah the one for J. Tomio Ninjak rules there you go yep
3: Tomio's gonna be at Mocha
0: get out of here yeah I, You know, I wish it wasn't so close to C2E2. I would so I be know. there. Josh Baer is going to go, be there. To yeah. I
3: mean, seriously, we've, you know, we've become pretty yep. pretty good friends, at least, on as far as intranets go, and I've never met him. And I get the feeling aren't going to be too many times I'm going to meet him because he he likes to sort of keep himself.
0: Yeah, he's like <laughs> the, the Howard Hughes
3: of the comics He world. is exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Very good. Romeo, you're the Howard Hughes of comics, buddy. Cut uh, your nails, bitch. Of comics, buddy.
0: So, All right. Thank you for being here in this extended, uh, though unplanned, Episode, and we'll be back next week with Mr. Neesman in tow. So join us, please. With his new car. Yeah, we
3: love you so much. Good God. I'm sure, getting a new Porsche was worth missing an episode. And Civic. his draft.
0: A Civic. It's just like we're going to drive out in
3: Civic. Well, does, oh anyone God. Know, <laughs> does anyone actually know what he actually got?
2: Yes. What? 3 how,
3: how do you know Oop. these things? An Audi Oop. A3. Whoa,
0: really? Yeah. I have an Innie.
2: That's Thank you. A- oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that's. But yeah, that's 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 what they wanted.
0: There you go. All right. Respect. We'll be back. We love you. Say goodbye, people. Peace and hair
3: grease, everybody. Ladies.
2: Bye. Bye. Be good. Be good.